Hello, Thursday, February 3rd, a big blizzard is happening, so we're trying to get out of the office, but we had a chance to chat with some incredible people today. A lot going on. Let's get to it. We hope you're all safe. If you enjoy this show, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Here we go. Breaking news, Jim Harbaugh is not the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He is actually returning to be the head coach of the University of Michigan because no NFL team was ever interested in Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) That's what I, I, I don't know if I'm misreading this. We reported yesterday that this dude's going to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings because there was numerous people yesterday that said, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. What we need to know is that this guy has great representation. Oh, yeah. This guy's agents, publicists, lawyers, whoever the fuck they are, letting every insider know that he's getting the job in Las Vegas, maybe. He's getting the job in Minnesota. Then Ian Rappaport comes on this show and he goes... Uh, I've never heard that Las Vegas was interested in Jim Harbaugh. And then yesterday, it is being reported that Harbaugh walked into that meeting thinking he was going to get the head coaching gig of the Vikings, and the Vikings did not view that meeting that way at all. Nine hours, they met. Who knows if they didn't gel, they didn't like him, or they just chose to go a different direction, that direction being Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator, cannot hire him until after the Super Bowl, so congrats to him. But also, congrats to this guy for being able to manipulate the media completely, whenever, however, whichever way he pleases. We all thought he was at the Raiders. That was a lie. We all thought he was at the Vikings. That was a lie. He's back in Michigan. Michigan's excited. I assume I would be as well. Made the college football playoff. Congrats to all parties involved. All right. Congrats, everybody. That bullshit this guy's spinning, though. I, I can respect it. I can appreciate it. But I don't think anybody in the NFL wanted to take the Harbaugh cruise. I don't think anybody was really excited about it. There was a connection at Minnesota, I guess. I think Harbaugh wanted to get back into the NFL. I think he was sniffing around a bit in the NFL. But I don't think anybody in the NFL was really taking him any type of serious because they seen him shirtless, sleepovers with kids, mm-hmm. yeah. and doing uh, his entire, you know, shit. Right. And maybe next year, maybe in, fu- uh, in the future, he'll get back in the NFL. But whenever we start hearing that he's going back in the NFL, we got to remember it's probably not the NFL saying this, this is probably Harbaugh's people spinning a web of lies which we have to remember when we hear all information going forward about not just him but anybody yeah. the toxic table is here at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connors here at Tone Diggs one half of the hammer Don Cowboys is here that's the big break news of the day right it feels like that is the yeah yeah I think so okay if if the Vikings weren't interested, why have him in for a nine-hour interview? Well, I think somebody was interested. Mm-hmm. So somebody had him in. Gotcha. And then nine hours of dissecting <clears throat> and breaking down and doing that whole thing. And then on the other end of it, everybody is reporting that Harbaugh thought he had that job whenever he yeah, flew into yeah, Minnesota. Right. And then I wonder how many hours into that he was wondering, like, oh, wait, maybe. what's going on here? Well, yeah, <laughs> Oh, you're just offering Maybe I don't have this job. Whatever the case, Kevin O'Connell is to be named the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings after he completes a Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay makes those play calls, so how will Kevin transition into the play caller and running an entire team? We shall see. Congrats to Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Never heard of him. Had no idea he existed, but he's going to become a head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Good on him. Let's pivot, shall we, to a man who will be coaching in the Super Bowl against Kevin O'Connell. The next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, the current offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams, will be battling wits against the man who is joining us now. Defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, a man who's been coaching football since 1989. (laughs) Loves the game. I believe, how's your family? Ladies and gentlemen, defense coordinator for the Bengals, Coach Lou Arumo. How's the family? How we doing, everybody? <laughs> hey, you pies on? 
Uh, 100%. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. How's the family, huh? How's the family? How's everything? Yeah. Gab- <laughs> a, a, a Italian from Staten Island, so true true Italian. Oh, the gabagool <laughs> is great, I bet. The gabagool is great. Let's talk about um, let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and this team, obviously. And I know you're very busy, so we appreciate you joining us. I know you have to drive down to a university, get to the indoor facility today. I, I understand all of that. Uh, can't wait to see the work. In that second half of the Chiefs game, Coach, yeah, I think you got to go to your right. Okay. Now, now you're left. Let's get in the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I appreciate you. My kid, my kid, my two sons are going to kill me. One's a uh, freshman at West Virginia, so I had to get that in there because I know. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Um, yeah, go. and uh, so they're they're they're, they're excited, but uh, yeah, we're we're going to head to practice here in about uh, 20 minutes or so. Oh uh, well, thank you for making time for us. Shout out to your Paisan kids, by the way. How's the family? Mm-hmm. Family's good. If they're in Morgantown, they're having a great time. A lot of Italians in Morgantown, by the way. A lot. Yeah. New Jersey, New York, uh, a lot of people travel into Morgantown. Whatever the case, let's uh, let's talk about what you did last week. And I know you want to look forward and everything like that. But that first half and second half, and I don't know if it was schematic. I don't know if it was at halftime a little bit of a mindset change. What do you think happened in that second half? Uh, you Obviously, I think you guys went from zone to man or man to zone or something like that. But what do you think it was as your entire culture to be able to flip that thing on the defensive side of the ball against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs there? You know, I think it started with that last play of the half, you know, with Eli Apple making that tackle uh, on the goal line. It gave us great confidence uh, heading into halftime, um, you know, because, you know, obviously, you know, I, I wasn't uh, <laughs> feeling so great about things, uh, you know, early in the game. And um, but, uh, you know, we just settled the guys down at halftime. You know, as you mentioned, it really came down to the guys just executing. We tackled better. We went to a little bit more man. Uh, we we, we uh, put a spy on him as opposed to rushing four. We dropped eight, as everybody said. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's you know how it is. It's the players out there making the plays. And, uh, you know, they, they did an outstanding job executing in the second half. Whenever you see film, obviously, of Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs team, I assume it's a bit alarming. Okay, you got Tyreek Hill, who's like fastest guy on earth. Jamar Chase, by the way, might be able to get him. I've seen him just pull away from people as well. So I guess practicing against those guys help. But whenever you look at this new style of offense where things are just fucking wide open, if football has changed completely, and it's no different with what you got going against next week in the Super Bowl. What is the mindset? You just try to get rid of their best players? You try to take away their best options? Or is like, how do you even go into a week to decide what you're going to do when these teams are just littered with weapons everywhere? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, you tried to, like last week, you know, it all starts with Kelsey and, and uh, Tyreek Hill. And the first time we played them, we did, uh, you know, held them to 60 yards total. And, um, you know, when we weren't as successful in the second half, we did certainly a much better job. But I, I think you have to go that way. You know, like as you mentioned, this week with Cooper Cup and Odell and, and all the all the things that they have. So you try to make them play left-handed as, your best, as best you can and, um, you know, let, let some of these other guys tr- uh, try to beat you. Have you played against, uh, and I should have done more research, I assume. I, oh, you're I, good. I learned you're a Joe Philbin guy, by the way. Huh? Do you and Joe Philbin know each other a little bit? We, I, we do. We go way back, me and Joe. Me and Joe got a massage together in England. I, I don't know how close you guys are, but me and Joe. I can't. I can't imagine it was a. It was a just. I'm assuming it was a regular massage. Yeah. Oh yeah. Geez, yes. Yeah. It was. It was a full body. Me and Joe. And I wasn't massaging him. He wasn't massaging me. We just so happened to be in the area. He's a great guy. But obviously, you've been around football a long time. When you see yeah. somebody like Joe Burrow 
just be able to come in, transition, have the moxie, the confidence that he had in college. It just feels like he has no idea about how big this all is. It feels like your entire team maybe doesn't even know how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl. Am I misreading that or is that just the confidence of the entire crew? I think you're on. I, I, I just think that, you know, these guys, you look at Joe and Jamar and, and T. Higgins and some of these guys that are coming from LSU and Clemson and Alabama, all they do is play big games their whole careers. So uh, for them, and you and I know that this is a whole different set of issues, um, but, but they haven't lost that confidence that they played with in those high-level games in college, and it's, it's, it's really carried over to what they're doing now. So, I mean, Joe is just amazing, just his confidence that he plays with and how he sees the field and gets rid of the ball. And, uh, man, is as accurate as uh, I've been around, really. Whatever you, you know, see – the entire leap that the entire team is taking. I mean, Zach Taylor was like four and twenty or so. I, I yeah. forget what his record was. He was four and twenty. The whole world seemed like uh, it was maybe crashing down. In the AFC North, the Browns were making a climb. Lamar Jackson's up for another contract. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got Mike Tomlin coaching them. Who knows what that whole thing? Could you guys have expected this? Was this expectations going into the year? Who sets that? The coaches, the players. Who really decides? Like, hey, we can go and do whatever we want to do. And why do you think there was such a belief? with all the shit that has potentially happened in the last couple of years? So I think it all started back in the spring when we, we uh, did a great job, uh, the organization did a great job assigning these free agents. And, and part of the thing was, you know, we wanted to obviously get good players in the draft, get good players in free agency, but we also put a, a note on, uh, hey, let's, let's, let's try to get these good players from winning teams. So Trey Hendrickson, Vaughn Bell, uh, the guys that uh, have been to playoffs, they're used to winning. Um, you know, and then in the draft, the same thing. Hey, it's it's talent. It's what you think the player is first. But let's get some captains. Let's get let's get guys that are, have leadership roles. And to me, that's how you change a place. You you bring in guys that are used to winning, used to doing things the right way, and that'll bring the other guys along. And then you had you had you know Burrow and Chase and what uh, those guys have done forever. You had that to the mix, and and uh, we had a good feeling all along. Uh, it's just been really special here as of late, for sure. You know, you guys are becoming like the hope for teams like the Detroit Lions yeah. mm-hmm. and other teams that maybe have like four wins and then they're able to flip it. From what it sounds like is you guys hit home runs on most of the guys you brought in there. Let's talk about Trey Hendrickson. What a, Hey, what a monster this dude is. No gloves, throwback, old yeah. school, high motor. He's hurt. They're talking about the defensive line being beat up whenever you guys go in to take on Derrick Henry and the boys. Talk about Trey Hendrickson, what he has meant to the team in that D-line. Well, it's funny you say about the no gloves because I think it was Cheeto Bayouzier that said, uh, Trey, man, you're out there with no gloves on. Huh? What, what's going on? You know, he's got his <laughs> fingers taped old school. That's just his mentality. Uh, he, he's got, uh, as soon as he steps on uh, across that white line, uh, you know, he's what you want. He, he's looking to do one thing, and that's get to the quarterback uh, on pass downs and, and disrupt the run game on early downs. Um, you know, he's a quiet, composed guy off the field, but when the whistle blows, you know, you don't want to be uh, on that guy's bad side. So he's, he's brought a great mentality to the group um, and, and all those guys up front, Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader's been a man oh, inside, yeah. um, you know, so it all starts with stopping the run. 
but at the end of the day, we also got guys that can get after the quarterback and cover in the back end, too. Uh, before the boys have a couple questions for you, my last one here, Evan McPherson, have you ever seen somebody so con- – that confidence he has is so amazing. And I just saw you smile there. This rookie kicker, and you've been around a long time, young rookie kicker, he just steps up and makes kicks. It's unbelievable. Did you guys know that in practice? Is there any shit talk in practice from the boys in training camp that maybe made you realize, okay, we got a guy here? You can just tell by the way the guy carries himself. I know I know he was on the show, I think, a, a week or two back, whatever it was, but he just carries himself that way. Like, hey, listen, man, this thing's going through the uprights, you know, whatever I got to do. Um, and so, you know, we would give him some give him some stuff uh, in training camp and just to test him out as a rookie. But he, he just brushed it right off. And you knew, listen, we all know how this goes, right? Every Guys can make kicks, guys can make throws, but when the bright lights are on and the bright lights of the playoffs in the NFL, that's a whole different total animal, and uh, this guy has just been uh, unbelievably clutch for us. A couple 50-yarders in overtime, a couple I 50, mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, you know, back in Staten Island, just, you know, making a making a hoop uh, outside in the, in the schoolyard like I used to do back in the day. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course, of course he used to do that. Uh, you're, you're t- you have to take on Sean McVay and his offense. And Sean yeah. McVay is how, allegedly, how Zach Taylor even got a sniff because they knew each other. Is that type of um, commonality with your head coach and what you have to go against in practice obviously a massive advantage going in against the Rams? And do you see it that way, or do they do things differently than what Zach does on a daily basis? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of car- there's carryover, um, you know, and, uh, you know, having Zach and them spend so much time together, it helps. But, you know, at the end of the day, Sean's gotten uh, they haven't been together now for three years and everybody evolves in what they're doing. So while there is some stuff that we can use, uh, I think, to our advantage uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, Sean does an unbelievable job and uh, he keeps you off balance with formations and putting guys different places. So we'll have our hands full. Go ahead, Tom. Coach, you talk about bringing in free agents from winning organizations. One of those guys that I I sorely miss uh, who had a huge interception against Titans is Mike Hilton. Um, How do you resist bringing him off the edge every single play? Because I think he's probably the best blitzing corner I've ever seen. No, he reminds me when he doesn't, when I don't call it, trust me. Um, but no, Mike's, Mike's an unselfish guy. Uh, one of the best fields for the position in the league, you know, and that goes back to like when you're, when you're not blitz and he's setting the quarterback up, they're so worried about him that he can bluff and I don't even have to tell him. He just doesn't naturally knows when to do it, when knows not to do it, but, uh, just super, super, uh, uh, he, at the end of the day, you look at him and you say, this guy's the best nickel in the league. And he, he is, he's tough. He'll tackle. Uh, he likes being in the run fits. I mean, what corner likes being in run fits, you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, Mike is all those things, and uh, he, he, is, he has meant the world to us on defense. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Coach, Pat mentioned uh, talking shit to McPherson, but does that happen with Joe Burrow to, uh, during practice when you guys are, you know, trying to get each other going? Um, you know, you know, uh, not really. I mean, you know, during the season, we're not going against them very often. You know, certainly in training camp and in OTAs, you know, if uh, if a guy will pick a ball off or, you know, that's just normal football stuff. But this time of the year, I basically threaten any D lineman that gets close to him. On the spot. <laughs> <laughs> we want to keep him. We want to keep him upright. Uh, I'd assume that's the case. Coach, we can't thank you enough for your time here in the middle of your busy preparation. Good luck in the bubble over there at the University of Cincinnati and safe travels over to L.A. We're all pulling for you. I uh, appreciate it. And, and thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Hey. 
Coach Lou Anarumo, you're welcome here anytime. How's the gobble ghoul? It's just great, ladies and gentlemen, defensive coordinator for the Bengals, Coach Lou. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, guess who did the booking? Boston Connor. Oh, here we go. Hey. Here we go. Score oh, one for the team. Hey, Boston Connor, oh, reaching out his hand. How's the gobble ghoul? Hey, he sent yeah. me. Connor sent me a text. Stat. He goes, uh, Hey, defense coordinator of the Bengals, I think I have a connection to. Would we want him on the show? Absolutely. And then he goes, I think he's, uh, and then he sends me the emoji. Yeah. <laughs> he gets point across. I've got four of them. Uh, no, Spot on. Yeah, you did. And by the 100%. way, he is 100%. <laughs> he is 100%. That team, man, they're, they are. Him talking about how they shape the culture. Let's bring some captains in here. Let's get some people that know how to win. Let's go ahead and really make this culture very important. And that culture is the biggest X factor in any game. It doesn't get talked about enough. Like the Los Angeles Rams, obviously a lot of glitz, a lot of glamour. People talk about that culture as well over there, that it's like a Pro Bowl every single day, and they've come together. And obviously they're in Super Bowl, so they're a tight-knit group because they've had a lot to celebrate. So it's easier to become friends with everybody whenever you're winning and everything like that. But this Bengals team coming out of nowhere, there is something about a team of destiny type feel yeah. yeah and they're only on the rise it feels like and coach lou i don't know i haven't heard his name for any job anywhere for anything i don't mm-hmm. think i've ever even heard that guy's name before no. and he loves being there it feels like obviously how could you not be you're going to the super bowl but they're just only getting started it feels like i think there really is something to you know you've been talking about the like they just don't know what they don't know and you even look at like the defense the narrative kind of every single week in the playoffs has been like yeah, you know, like the Bengals are good. Their offense is good. Joe Burrow's good. But this defense isn't going to be able to hold up. They're banged up. Like their front seven isn't that good. And they just continue to win. And that kind of has been said every week up to this point. But I think these guys now, it's like, hey, we're in the Super Bowl. We are good enough to win this game. And, and I really think, like, they do believe that they're the better team, I think. And also, this is the new norm. Yeah. yeah. Like, remember after we uh, – I watched this on the uh, Kevin James, Sean Payton documentary. Oh, Pretty great good. Oh, thing. I seen the exact shot that I seen walking into the locker room. On, I mean, it was a little PTSD. You know, not like actual PTSD to the people. Shout out to everybody that actually goes through real PTSD. Right. But for me, it was the last image before walking into the most miserable room I've ever been in my entire life was Drew Brees and his dumb baby yeah. after winning yeah. that Super uh-huh. Bowl up on a thing with the confetti falling. Mm-hmm. And that's how they let off, basically, the Kevin James, Sean Payton documentary on Netflix. Right. Yeah. So I did have a little PTSD last night. But also, when I walked in that locker by the way. Not bad. Not huh? bad. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. Not that's not bad. what you told me. No, but... yeah, I did. It was a nice deep dive into no, Sean Payton's what life. You what you say? What I don't know what these two are talking about. What this... did Connor say? He said, you yeah. know, hey, he got about 10 minutes in, couldn't finish it. That's oh, not true. Oh, couldn't oh, finish it. That's not true. Oh, shit. That's not true. Steaming pile of shit. Come on. That's it's, not true. It's a Happy Madison production, so it's yeah. not a steaming pile of shit. Bingo. Well, no, I agree. That's what Connor said. Well, I didn't say that. A lot of good jokes. There's a lot of good jokes. There's actually like pretty dialed in jokes too like yeah. good callbacks subtle callbacks really? and stuff in there i thought it was pretty high iq writing by the way there was some stuff that was like I, a lot of hotel what? humor with shack in it let's get out of here a lot of hotel humor with the yeah. check-in uh-huh. oh my god they missed i've been there they missed a couple i yeah. think that they should add in there there was a lot of good little moments though where there was some great dry gr- dry humor Bill Cower makes an appearance. What? Uh-huh. Coach Cower? I will say Coach Cower, man that I love and adore. One of the worst actors I've ever seen. Oh, what? no. Coach. Yeah. Cower? What, guys, what, what football guy is a good actor? Well, it was a football. Sean Payton. Scenes. Sean Payton. He's a great actor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we don't know about that. It might have been him. I don't know. They said maybe oh, it was him. Cower only knows how to be himself. Well, 
if this is, I mean, the way he was holding his phone. <laughs> Yeah, he's saw Bill Cowher was makes, holding his phone. Yeah, Cowher was actually him. in Waterboy as well. Well, he, which by the way, Bill Cowher fits in perfect stands, in yeah, that uh-huh. Happy Madison thing. But he had a Super Bowl ring on his head, and he was talking like this, and he was on a. I don't want to give too much away, but Bill Cowher is not supposed to be an actor. Well, Bill Cowher is Bill Cowher. Yeah, uh-huh. He has to do that because the one time he absolutely fucking leveled uh, Coach. What's his name on special teams? He separated his shoulders, so now he always has to hold it. Whatever the case, they should have had him on speaker, I think. Like, it would have been more <laughs> natural like this, but Bill Carr kills it. Just, he's Bill Carr. Uh-huh. Whatever. Not bad. Okay. Oh, he was bad. He's Bill Carr's in. I'll check it out. But it did remind me, uh, there's a lot of appearances. Really? Oh, just yeah. Just pop in out of nowhere. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, honestly, not as terrible as you, like, as I would have thought. Yeah, exactly. Going yeah. in, oh, this is going to stink. Okay. So I think that is where I was at. This is for kids, I thought. Uh-huh. Definitely is. But also not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Are you surprised watch. by how Sean Payton kind of let them depict him as, like, top five worst dad of all time? Or I mean, there were some situations that appears Sean Payton wasn't necessarily the greatest dad. But anytime anybody goes into the Hall of Fame, you know what they say. Say, thanks to my wife and my kids. I miss a lot. I am mm-hmm. so sorry. That, that, that was depicted in the movie. A little yeah. But it was a good coming-of-age tale there. I don't want to give away any spoilers. It's good. It's okay. a good movie. Right. It's a great movie. I'll check it out. Anyways, they reminded me of the moment which I was a rookie and we just lost the Super Bowl to Drew Brees and his dumb baby. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about Drew Brees through that movie last night, too. Sean yeah. Payton had a lot of, you know what Drew Brees does, you know what Drew Brees does, you know what Drew Brees does. So I learned a lot about Drew Brees through okay. last night's eyes. He was talking to these 9-year-olds, 10-year-olds, whatever they were, the Warriors football team. But yeah. Anyways, I, I remembered walking in that locker room and I had the feeling when I was a rookie after we lost the Super Bowl, I was like, oh, boys, we'll be back next year. Mm-hmm. What are we even talking about? We won undefeated until we chose to lose. Team's all here. We're going to be good. And basically, everybody was like, shut the fuck up. That ain't, <laughs> that ain't how this works. Unless you're the New England Patriots, this is not how it goes. So that feeling of, like, even in the Super Bowl being like, yeah, this is where I'm, we're supposed to be here. Oh, I'm going to be here 100 times. Like, this is no mm-hmm. big. First year, I'm in the Super Bowl. No big deal. I read the coattails of everybody else. This is just what we're going to do. Hey, say hello to your new life, Pat. You're in the NFL and you're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, that is how I genuinely felt. And not that Joe Burrow's a rookie, but kind of, because he missed a lot of his first year. That feeling of, like, this is where we're supposed to be, this is how we're supposed to go, is a weapon. Like, yeah. I, I think that is a weapon feeling. Not knowing what you don't know is such a such a good thing to have. That's why they say ignorance is bliss, but I don't think it's ignorance. I think this team's just got the confidence and the moxie. We beat some great fucking teams. We just beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They should feel very good. And the AFC North should be worried. Uh-huh. You think Coach Lou Anarumo is worried about anybody else in the AFC North? Not a chance. Not, not a chance. All I know is that organization has fucked up number one overall picks before. They'll do it again. No, this is a different time. Zach Taylor, Coach Lou Anarumo, uh-huh. yeah. and uh, running a scouting department. I mean, they're having the right ideas, the right conversations. Listen, we don't just necessarily need good players. We need actually culture in here. Let's attack and try to get captains of teams. Like, that's a, that's a mindset. Like, yep. hey, we understand we got to build from within. Not everybody does that. I don't think the Bengals have always done that in the past. Hopefully, they'll be able to get a goddamn indoor practice facility. Mm-hmm. Please. The, the AFC champion in the modern world yeah. <laughs> of $110 billion deals happening in the NFL has to hop in a bus in full pads 
and drive to the university in their city to go use their indoor. By the way, their indoor facility, the university in their city, not a power five school. No, nope. yeah. <laughs> it's not even a power five school. Right. That was a big conversation. This isn't a power five school. This isn't a power five school. They're great. I love Luke Trickle. I love the Bearcats. But a school within the city who is not a power five school, who probably profits at zero dollars is what they report. They have an indoor facility with another one on the way. And the AFC championship team that is going to the Super Bowl, representing us, has to go and use their indoor practice. Excuse me, I know you guys might have like, uh, I don't know you guys got field hockey practice or something today. We're wondering mm-hmm. if uh, the Cincinnati fucking Bengals could use this because they got to play. <laughs> wow. So what a fucking childish thing. That is unbelievable. And this is not enough. What? Coach Lou, did it not sound like we're fans of Coach Lou? Yeah. Love Huge Coach fans Lou. of Coach Lou. Does it ever sound like we're not big fans of fucking Joey Burrow and Jamar? Big fans of oh. that entire team. Love the coaching staff. Cole Anderson, my former uh, personal protector, who, shout out, he was quoted in the athletic. Uh, shout, out. shout out. I haven't read the entire story, but I believe a lot of my former teammates were quoted in there and coaches. Thank you to everybody that took time out of your day to talk about me. I did not know that thing was happening, so that was a surprise to me, as it was to everybody else, but I appreciate everybody. Cole Anderson, he's a coach over there. Fucking love that guy. But they can't be hopping on a bus a week before the Super Bowl and driving down to a university and using their indoor facility. Get the team a goddamn indoor practice facility. What are we even doing? Oh, there's uh, there's 18 inches of snow coming. You know who doesn't have to deal with that? Aaron Donald, yeah. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. They don't have to do anything. Well, they get to live in L.A. Their weather's different. Well, that's why you build a fucking indoor facility. <laughs> so it's 70 and sunny every single day. Let's get to it. What are we even waiting for? Maybe with this new money and new spotlight coming to the Bengals because of the Super Bowl presence and winning is a good thing, they'll, event, they'll, they'll build one. But, God, yeah. damn, this is an embarrassment, I think. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen until ownership kind of changes hands either, right? I mean, it's not like I mean if they if they get to the Super Bowl, like I don't think they're going to be breaking ground on a indoor facility next year or after that. Man, I just Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and the boys, you know, the next dynasty. Then you look at Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. You look mm-hmm. at the Raiders. You look at everybody else in the AFC North. Everybody in the AFC just go through the entire Mac Jones and him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Pro bowler. I mean, every quarterback is a pro bowler because people opt out, and it's normally like the 17th, 18th quarterback that plays in the pro bowl. And pro bowl stinks, but I can't wait to watch it. Congrats to Matt Jones. Rookie. I mean, no Making the pro bowl and that entire thing. Everybody in the AFC lost to a team with no indoor practice facility. That's right. It's kind of messed up. And now they'll attribute. Yeah, they'll attribute their success to, well, the way we did it. When it was cold out, we still went outside. Yeah, everybody does that. I, I, everybody <laughs> fucking practices outside whenever it's cold. Like Vinatieri and I talked about it. We we practice outside all the time. But it is nice to be able to get extra work in. Maybe flip the lights on so you don't have to go down to University of Cincinnati and say, "Hey, excuse me, can you get the uh, soccer team to use like maybe like just half the field because I got to get some extra reps in here because I'm thinking about something and there's no way to turn the lights on underneath the bridge of the practice facility that we're actually. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable that in 2022 this is a conversation. But let's not let's not hone in on the negatives. No. Okay. Let's talk about the positives. Yeah. A team with no indoor practice facility fighting against their own ownership is in the Super Bowl. How about that? How about that? Live from an attic in Ohio, a Super Bowl champion, a college football national champion, a Ryder Cup champion, and COVID survivor, Aaron Rodgers' best friend, A.J. Hawk. AJ, how you doing, dude? Oh, good. How you doing? 
Excited about uh, Mark Wahlberg. That's awesome. Super pumped. Mm-hmm. Hey, super pumped. Got a lot of questions. Obviously, Uncharted's going to be unbelievable. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No uh, question. No question. He only makes hits, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, bangers mm-hmm. only for Mark Wahlberg. That is a factual statement. But also, I mean, you and me, we grew up playing that game. Oh, oh yeah, oh, it was so much oh, fun yeah. that video game. The best every oh, day. Every day, dude, we'd be like, "Where's the PlayStation? Uh-huh. That's right. Let's get Uncharted." Find we'd the start, treasure. We go on these, uh, you know, trips around and finding clues. And, oh yeah, sick. Dude, a lot of gunfire. Oh uh-huh. my god, it's so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. That's what me and AJ did. That's why we made it to the NFL. So can't wait to actually thank Mark Wahlberg thank you, yeah. Mark, for thank uh, you, Mark. bringing back what made me and AJ Hawk successful in the sport of football. Uh, AJ. We all know that you're down there at the Kentucky Derby with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, we all know that you're out there at birthday shenanigans with Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. We all know that every Tuesday on this show you're making inside jokes with Aaron Rodgers. So when Aaron Rodgers, okay, buys something down in Nashville and he's down in Nashville and the entire world goes, holy shit, is Aaron Rodgers going to the Titans? I think there's only one person to ask about it all. A.J. Hawk, what the hell's going on? Is he moving to Tennessee? Uh Why is he buying stuff down there? What is going on with Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Hawk? So what is is the story? what What came out that I missed? Oh, so he's trying to figure out what all he's allowed to say. No, what happened in Nashville? Believe it or not, guys, multiple snow days in a row. Wife out of town. I've been plowing my John Deere all morning trying to keep kids alive. Hell yeah. 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 There's a lot of ice out here. All right, so we'll let you know what the world already knows so you're not giving any more information because why would you want to do that? You know, because yes. So he's going to – wait, so they say he – he just bought a property in Nashville. Oh, so you're that now. was reported. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. When did when did he purchase this property? Well, the, the thing is exactly. Lost, so okay, the timing I think matters here, guys. Okay. Why well, listen? I'm right asking now? you. Why did well, break this news? Did he just buy it down. now, or did he buy this? You know, I don't know. Months ago. Well, you tell plot. us. I don't know. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that, when was it? Doesn't I'm matter. saying check the date. Check the date if you think he just bought it. Does okay. it matter? Okay, so yeah. Does any of this matter? Why do you think he bought the property in Nashville? Do you, did you ever talk about that? Is it because he wants to he go? he has to- a billion dollars and he wants to live in multiple locations. He's a billionaire? Okay, so what we're saying is this means nothing in, in your eyes? Just the fact that he... There's re- other people that live in Nashville that are professional athletes. There's nice areas in Nashville hmm. all over the place. So if, if Aaron has raw land in Nashville without a house on it... How does that mean he's going to the Titans? Now he is close oh, with Braves. He loves the head okay. coach in Braves. The Titans are in the AFC, so all of that matches up. Ooh. Okay, so just quick follow up: Raw Land is the property because I did believe I do believe it was pitched as like a house. Maybe yeah. it was assumed to be a house. What do you mean by Raw Land? I don't. Did he buy a house? No, just it did just say property, but I think everybody assumed that it was a house was also there. I thought I don't know. I honestly don't know. There might be. Uh, okay. No, he said yeah, raw land. It sounds like he bought back. some raw land. Yeah, out there. they bought some raw land. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. That is becoming a story, though, as is everything that happens with your best friend. And you're saying there's no reason for us to look into that any deeper or anybody else to wonder or speculate on his. Oh football. no, you could. You should. You should jump into it. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, people. You, you don't think that that house is necessarily a property? Is raw land? Thank whatever you. that thank means. you you don't think that raw land is any indica- indication of what his football career is going to be if if aaron has any land down in nashville i don't think he got the land with any intention of thinking about football it has nothing to do with football i believe right. if he has anything okay. to please put to that on uh, please put that on the ticket okay. thank, you, AJ. thank you so is he building but it could. an that, immunized that, center then or well, we don't that know. doesn't mean it can't though 
That doesn't mean all of a sudden, say he goes down there, he's like, oh, this is cool. I like Nashville. Live music. Dave Raves, why don't you call the pack? Work out a trade for me. That could happen. Oh, 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 exactly. so, so hold on. Put that on the ticker as well. Although right. it is raw land, whatever that means. But then actually, I think he might retire too. So put that on the ticker as well. Oh, oh shit. shit. What do you know? You don't know anything except for a little bit. And we got to kind of piece together about what. <laughs> I don't even do. know a little bit. No, I don't know. No, you do. You no, just yeah, said raw land. You just said raw land. You, I don't raw jump land. at dumb stories where people think like they, they put him in locations instantly. Like, oh, here it is. This is happening. Well, I will just say this. I will say this. Nashville, you should know. If you see him around town, mm-hmm. there is a chance, via his best friend, that you could win him over and him be like, hey, I'll come. Maybe you guys should have a parade for him right yeah. there. You know what I mean? Maybe they should have a parade like down Broadway for him. Make, make him feel, get him in there and Tootsie's. Get him a guitar. <laughs> yeah. Get him playing a little bit. Make also, him... Yeah, he, he plays guitar as well. That's another tie to Nashville. Oh, man, this is he looking does. like Nashville is the spot. What if we see... I didn't know this coming into the show, but yeah, like Bullshit. we're putting him there. Well, we're not. Everybody else is, yeah. but it sounds like we're helping. Maybe we yeah. should. No, I mean, we no, are. No. We those, got a hammer to the nail, it sounds like. Those I mean, what people, about Ryan Tannehill? Those people would not do that to Ryan Tannehill, yeah, first and foremost. And secondly, uh, we're talking like that. No, no. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They love Tannehill. Oh, they love They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. He's born in Milwaukee. Just real quick, I would like... Who? Tannehill? I don't know. I made that up. Oh, okay. This program. This program. It's raw land. He's not planning on doing anything with that. I will say... Oh, yeah, he is. He wants to watch his Corn pop up in rows. Yeah, yeah. Knee high by the Fourth of July. Yeah. 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 That. Aaron Rodgers understands that. Oh my God! What if he takes the track? Another, 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 another round. Another round. Another round. You think he bought a, you think he bought a farm? You said it? raw land. What does that mean? We don't know what that means. That could be a half an acre. That could be five million acres. Doesn't need a. That's house. what you're saying yeah. to us. That's why I'm very. Yeah, I'm good. saying there's a big range. I don't know. I don't have. Details. You don't know. No. A lot of raw land on farms. We know from AJ he has a greenhouse, and you don't need a greenhouse down Nashville. The whole thing's a greenhouse. Yeah, it gets cold though. It's snowing there. Yeah, it does get cold. I think it's pretty chilly. The growing season's twelve months down. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. You never know. With a greenhouse, it is though. Well, if Rogers moves down there, that place will be hot. It was, that much. Well, <laughs> Nashville has been building for a while. They got a lot of cranes down there for like the last 10, 15 years. It's been blowing up. You know they. They have been in the playoffs for oh yeah multiple years in yeah. a row. They got Derrick Henry in the backfield, AJ division. Brown and Julio Jones, who he has talked about yeah. before. Uh huh. In the AFC South, not great no. right now. I mean, nope. aside from the Colts, well, well that, they're not. I mean, they're not a playoff team. So. Yeah, <laughs> what? Who cares? Why'd you guys just well at the same time like that? <laughs> well, we because know. I don't think he's looking at the you know the map of the NFL and saying, oh shit, I can't go to Tennessee. The Colts are Carson Wentz is the team. Yeah. Oh, I can't do that. I don't, he might. He might be. When did he buy the property? I don't know. You I don't think do. He, I don't think he. Uh, I think it's safe to say he didn't buy it yesterday or five days ago. Oh. That's a start. Okay, um, but maybe he bought it whenever he was first starting to think of like where he wanted to go. Yeah, he was in yeah. Hawaii jumping off waterfalls, and he was like, "Give me some property in Nashville." I heard it's awesome while they were singing Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Oh, who's? Oh my God, because Taylor Swift is down there. She's oh, Nashville. You're right. Oh, is this all a plan? Has this been a plan all along? Wow. What does Vrabel know? What does this son of a bitch know, Vrabel? As, as long as he's breaking ground in deer equipment on that raw land. I mean, if he wants to go move to Nashville, that's fine. He ain't playing for the fucking Titans. What? The Titans need. Did the Titans have a Super Bowl? I don't think no, so. They got, got to one. The that, Super Bowl, yeah. that was the one that got beat, right? Michael was Super talking Bowl. about. But the Rams, yeah. yeah. Jones. Nah, they didn't win. 
So they've never won a Super Bowl. Oh. What about as the Oilers? Did they win one? I don't know. Mm. Maybe they were with the Steelers, right? Oilers and Steelers used to have some epic clashes, yeah, they right? Did. I just uh, remember that from when I was a little, little kid. I don't I think, think they have. They were in the same division. So, I mean, that would make sense if you're a guy who, you know, you go to a place that's never won before. Yep. No, the Oilers have never even appeared in the Super Bowl, dude. Colts have won. Sorry. Well, Packers have as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Tennessee. Oh, my God. What Did, did it shit. all just come together? I was coming into this show expecting us to be like, ah, uh, this is – I thought AJ was going to say some things. I didn't know there was still – like, I didn't know we were jumping to, like, this instant speculation still with Aaron right now at this point in the year. Yeah. Well, what? I wasn't – I mean, what the fuck are – where have you been? I mean, out there in Rogers, <laughs> dude. Dude. Wait, what do you mean? Oh. What, this happened, what, last night? Yeah, the guy broke news. He yeah. was actually sitting in his house. He looked like he was on a yeah, uh, a podcast of some sort, but they had a ticker. It was pretty well produ- uh, and produced. And what did he say? I don't know. Can we get the clip? Let's just get the actual clip. I think we can find I it. I know he's here. just a normal guy to you because you guys are buds, but it's Aaron Rodgers, so it's news, AJ. Yeah, yeah and he's on the move. No, I'm saying sometimes like I that I consume stuff like in bunches. Like here, okay, boom, all, all of, I can consume like a lot of content. I can see stuff, and then it might be another Gary day v. before I get to do that again. Oh, so you're like, okay, give me all the Chuck Berry stuff. Boom. boom. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to go plow the land. Yeah. Then yeah. you go outside. Then you come back. You're like, boom, Jeff Zucker did what? Bang. 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 This entire thing. Right, who's that? Favorite anchor. Yeah, I got it before you, pal. How about that? I got it before Congrats. you. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Can we run this real quick? Can we, can we run this? Can we call Chuck back? Ask if we can call Chuck back. Chuck, we got to Chuck will actually have a good take on this, I believe. Well, we should run this so that AJ... Let's that tweet actually is better than I thought. From it says Titans emerge as a potential suitor. That's much better than like I thought it said. Oh, t- zeroing in on the Titans. That's no, that's fine. Florio's Just, response. There's everybody's no, a potential suitor right now. He's, okay, not the Patriots. Put that yeah. Put that down on the ticker, AJ. Hawks but also is, at the same time, nobody is because he loves the Packers. Okay, so okay. also Boom. put that on the ticker, I guess, from AJ. Go ahead and run this. Who is this? One hundred two five. Multiple sources. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is building a home in Franklin. Ooh. The second thing, a source tells me Rodgers would be, quote, open to joining the Titans. AJ Hawk source. That's all I was told. Open to joining the Titans, and they talked to another source <laughs> in which at least some of Rodgers' current Green Bay Packer teammates think there is no way. Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. Ooh. Oh. According to mo- that's Mul- multiple sources. Multiple Tristar sources. Moving, Stillman <laughs> Company, 1025, the game in Nashville. That is a lot of news there, AJ. As wow. best friend of Aaron Rodgers, your take on old Cuzzy there, who's given us a lot of goods. Yeah. yeah. That guy's given the sports world a lot of goods, a lot of sources, a lot of inside the information. The first two things, hey, the first two things, he's not lying, right? Or he might not be lying. He said he's building a, first off, he contradicted himself when it he's, says he's, he purchased a home. It's said at the bottom, and then he says he's building a home. The guy says, okay, that's two different things right there. Okay. And then he said he would be open, air quotes, open to joining the Titans. Yep, just like he'd be open to every other team in the NFL, I believe. So Except for I guess Packers. the fact that they do tie him there, I don't know. And then his last one with the last another thing, source? Yeah, of course. You have 90 teammates. You can talk to one dude. Hey, you think Aaron will come back? No chance, man. Boom, you run with him. Okay, thank you for putting all of those to bed. And I think the difference between buying a home and building There's a home. There's definitely not zero chance that Aaron goes back to Green Bay, though. We all know that. Okay, so let's 
let's debunk that a little bit. Uh, one source yep. was debunked out of mm-hmm. 1025, the game in Nashville. <laughs> um, so let's go back to the building and buying a home. Building a home takes time is what you're saying. That would take a lot of time. Buying a home is like... Is, it a, like, is there a home there or is he planning on building a home? That's a different thing, isn't it? Because if he plans on building a home, it's not going to be ready if he wants to go to the Titans this year. You said raw land. Yeah, not if the extreme home makeover people are building. Well, the guy also said he's building a report. The report, the guy, which we should get his name. We're talking about him a lot right now. One hundred two five. The game. He's not lying. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with his report. Like what he's saying is fine. Okay, but building. He said building a home in Franklin. Franklin, Tennessee, is where all the ups live. That's where all the ups live down there. Nice, definitely a nice area. Yeah, Uh, like that's where all the uh, the big time stars live down in Franklin. That's where the Kid Rock's house is. I think is outside of Franklin, but it's near there. Okay, so Kid Rock lives down there. Obviously, Toby Keith. Foxy, when Foxy and I, uh, when that guy's name is Jared Stillman, shout out Jared. Thank you, you, Jared. Jared. Uh, Foxy and I flew into Nashville. It was, we saw the biggest houses we've ever seen flying into a place. Yeah, compounds. Boom, bang, bang. There was a bunch of them too. It wasn't just like a few. Normally when you fly in, you see like a few houses and then everything kind of dissipates down. That place, there was just monster home. All had massive plots of land. Raw, raw land. land. Raw. raw land. Raw land. Okay. Is that where is that Franklin we probably saw? And is that just a place where a lot of wealthy like to live? Franklin's like definitely an area where I've heard I know a lot of former athletes live or current athletes have places there. There's no there's a couple of different areas that I keep hearing about in Nashville where they have those giant houses. So that's where a lot of people like to retire and have houses. Yeah, it must be like if Aaron has any any land or a house down there, I'm sure it's in one of those nice areas. Okay. So there's a lot to be had here, and lots. I have some other former teammates that have places there too. Oh, that could be a tie. Don't you think that could be part of it? Oh, so maybe Aaron just had some former friends or teammates that had houses there. He has a shit ton of money. He's visited them before. It was like you know what? I'll fucking buy a place down here. Yeah, just just saying. I looked up raw land in Franklin. It is very nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Right. Okay. He's got good raw land. Fifty-six acres right here. It is nice. Aaron and Cutler are going to be best friends. Do you think Aaron had? Yeah. Shout out. To uh, cut has that show down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he does that and show anymore. He doesn't do a show anymore. Very uh-huh. cavalry. No, it's done. No, that nah, other his show. Podcast. I don't do bullshit shows. I'm talking about well, <laughs> yeah. all the shows are bullshit shows, including this one. He had a podcast down there, didn't he? Done <laughs> yeah, yeah he making the cut or something. That's not right. whatever the case. <laughs> Uncut. Do you think he has any idea what he's doing football wise at this moment? And does the house property there any difference to that? Do any other places he has houses in L.A. Yep, Malibu. Oh, Justin Herbert is he on the move? Yeah. Is that is that what you're thinking though? It's like, hey, this guy's got places in some places. We can't look into every single one of them like this. No, he he has a ton of money. He may not even visited the place. What he may have got a text from somebody he trusts. Hey, man, sweet place up here. You want a lot by me? Cool. Here, man, where's my wiring instructions? <laughs> Bobby Carpenter. Hey, not only Bobby, Zito did the same thing. Yeah. Z- Zito didn't even see the house he bought. He just had just tell me where to send the check. He bought it. <laughs> he moved in. Turned Couple, out there's yeah. a lot more checks to come. Oh, yeah. Because everything in the photos oh, wasn't man, exactly how it appeared to be in oh, real yeah. life. But that's big time stuff. All right. So we can put that to bed. Aaron Rodgers not necessarily going to the Titans. He just likes it. He could. Don't but, be an asshole. Come on. I'm not saying Probably. he's not. 
I'm not. I'm just saying, like everything is not a giant story, but yeah, it's not impossible for him to go to Tennessee. All right, joining us now, uh, host of the Coaches Up segment every single week. I would assume he has some thoughts on everything happening in our conversation right now. I have no idea where he is. This dude has plots of raw land all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Last week it was Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Ooh, where will damn. he be today? Who knows, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. Yeah! Back in uh, Idaho. Hey, can we get a quick one? Which one? AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. I thought we were going to do gobble because of Coach Lou. No, I love, I love when AJ stirs it up. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Wait till, wait till Aaron is seen. You know, going through, you know, a hangar. Probably not going to fly commercial. Doesn't have to fly commercial, right? No, no. So, but he's seen in a hangar, getting into you know a car service, you know, and heading up to Boulder, you know, to see his girlfriend. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, smoking oh, a big doobie. Smoking doobie. Wait till, wait till that comes out and they start putting that. You know, oh shoot, we saw Aaron. You know, at the airport, DIA. I wonder what's up with that. Oh, so everything he does is going to be calculated. Is there any teams you think that would say no to Aaron Rodgers right now? Do others other than obviously Joey Burrow, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Mahomes, Bills, B- uh, Bills, yeah, Josh Rams, Patriots, Pat- probably Patriots, with Mac, Rams. Chargers. Other than the obvious, is there any team you think that is not going to try to get into the Aaron Rodgers game? No, I think they'd be foolish, you know, not to if he would, if there was some interest there, and you have a chance. I think. You know, you got to uh, turn every stone, uh, so to speak. And, um, again, you mentioned the guys that have young quarterbacks, up-and-coming quarterbacks. There's a bunch of them in the league, but there's also a bunch of, you know, teams that, that stink because they don't have one. So if you get a chance, a shot at, you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Denver, like you said, I, I didn't think there was any way, but, you know, ending the way that thing ended, and then you look at Denver's history with Peyton, bringing Peyton in there, uh, winning a Super Bowl with him, this just makes you know too much sense with Hackett going there and and uh, you know hiring all the Green Bay you know guys to come on that staff on the offensive side. So, but no, if I'm at if I'm at any place and and we got you know just a guy and we've got everything else and we've got something to sell, Aaron Rodgers as far as our team goes, we got a defense, you know we got specialists, we got kicking game, we've got this, we got we we're missing one piece. We we might be two pieces away. You. And we're going to go get this other dude. Might be, you know, your your buddy Devonte. Oh, maybe, so, maybe wow. Devon. Maybe we bring in Devonte, a guy you have pretty good rapport with. We already got your offense coordinator here. We're going to have offense line coach, I think. Maybe another another one. You would just be like Green Bay West over here in the beautiful city of Denver, in which the rules are awesome, the weather is fantastic, and you're going to enjoy the hell out of it. There's a lot of places that can make pitches to him. I'm excited to see it unfold. I always thought that every coach would want an elite quarterback. It just seems like that's how the NFL goes. I'm happy to hear that from you. Let's talk about some of the things circulating in the coaching business. Obviously, the hiring processes are going to be under full examination. It took you like 30 years to get your first head coaching opportunity with the NFL. The thing that I think is going to be also a big deal, even if you are somebody that thinks, you know, that you don't know enough about the hiring process or you don't know that whole thing, as soon as you hear that 
owners are paying coaches to lose. And then you got Hugh Jackson coming out and saying that there was a four-year plan. The first two years, we were going to stink, and then we are going to go all in. I wasn't going to be able to really win the first couple years. That was a plan. Then I get fired before we can even get going. So he's implying that Jimmy Haslam also wanted him to lose and paid him to lose in there alongside the Stephen Ross 100,000 thing. Have you ever heard anything like that? Or have you ever been in any situations where it felt as if maybe the ownership or front office was working against you a little bit, even though you're trying to do your absolute fucking best to win a ball game? Never. Never. I I think you could ask, you know, a hundred coaches and a hundred out of a hundred would say, you know, never uh, to the degree uh, with B flow, um, you know, as as stated, you know, in his uh, class action suit, you know, that he's filed, you know, that, you know, the owner came out and offered him, you know, a hundred thousand dollars per game that he lose that he would lose and, and not work as hard and get on a jet and fly somewhere and go take a vacation. I mean, there's a lot of times that, you know, I would have signed up for that, you know, <laughs> adversity, but no, I, I've never, I've never heard of that. And, you know, again, you, you mentioned, you know, 28 years I was coaching as an assistant and then got, got a lucky break and, and got the indie job. But in my, entire career as an assistant coach in the National Football League and a, and a head coach for six years there in Indy and a couple in Chicago to finish it out. I, I've never heard of uh, anything like that. And, you know, you know, Hugh comes in with just kind of a different angle. Um, I think you guys understand that angle of saying, okay, you know, this was the plan. You know, this is, you know, our four-year plan. Um, you know, this is what we're going to do. You know, so on the, on the onset, on the front side of that thing, you know, at the very beginning, sitting down with Jimmy Haslam, you could say, okay, uh, you know, because there's, no, there's no guarantees. Sorry about that. Don't worry about it. There's no, there's no guarantees, you know, with, and give you a four-year contract, a five-year contract, and, and we've seen a bunch of one-and-dones, you know, by a lot of uh, organizations. But, um, yeah, that's just another way to say, hey, look, you know, we're going to do this this way, and we're going to get a bunch of young players, and we're going to save money. We're going to get cap, you know, draft capital, and and have money, and and uh, you know, try to get as many draft picks, you know, lined up as we can, and um, you know. But I, I never, you know, it's kind of like everybody else. You just kind of like, you know, it's a it's a head scratcher. Chuck, I don't know how much you paid attention to the Jim Harbaugh situation going to Minnesota. It sounded like Harbaugh felt like he had the gig going in or he was like first in line and then he comes away and calls Mich- Michigan and says hey great news I'm coming back I don't know what what exactly happened I know I did read something I don't know if it's a rumor or not that he gave his whole staff Wednesday off or the rest of the week off when he was going to interview no idea it could be a rumor online doesn't really matter but do you think Minnesota like is there a chance that they had him all he was in their sights he was going to be the guy and then all of a sudden after the interview they said no I mean, that's what it looks like, AJ, Um, you know, because I was sitting there thinking to myself, there's no way that you get on a plane and you go interview on National Signing Day. Now, granted, most of the kids have already signed because they've got, you know, two signing days. They got the early signing period. And then yesterday was National Signing Day. And most of the, you know, especially the Power Five schools, they've got their classes, you know, basically all locked up, all signed up. Um, But to get on a plane... On, on, on that day and go interview uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, I was sitting there, you know, talking uh, to my peeps and my family and Tina saying there's, there's no way he doesn't have this job. You wouldn't, you wouldn't risk that. And I don't know how you go back, you know, uh, 
you got a locker room full of players, a coaching staff, the administration, everybody at that school. You just, you know, you made the, the, you know, the college football playoff. You, you got all that stuff. And I, you know, I don't know how you, there's no, to me, it was like there's no turning back. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's not a done deal. And he calls, you know, Michigan and says, hey, I'm coming back, blah, blah, blah. You know, what the motivation there was, you know, we all know that they cut his salary, you know, a year ago. Did he have an axe to grind? Did he have a point to prove? Who, who knows, you know? I know Jim's a hell of a football coach, you know, and he's won uh, wherever he's been. You know, University of San Diego, San Francisco, 44-19, and 19, you know, uh, the job that he's done, you know, at Michigan over the past seven years. I mean, his record and resume speaks for itself, but I would have just – like when I read that last night, I'm like, "Wow!" Do you think? Be so I, you know, so who knows? He was in that building for a long time, you know. So he's got the relationship with the GM as well from San Francisco. That's the new GM uh, in Minnesota, correct? Yeah. So there's there's a, that whole thing that everybody's doing is their parent. You know, Josh with Ziegler over in, at the Raiders, right? They're, you know, the guy in Buffalo with Dayball, you know, because. The most important thing is that head coach GM relationship and those guys being able to get on, you know, get along together. Uh, you, you saw, you know, Ryan Poles talking about Matt Everflus and when they got together, he says, you know, I, 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 you know, this wasn't my brother, but after I spent a day with this guy, I feel like I have a brother, you know, so to speak. And so there yeah, was we'll obviously a, a, <laughs> you know, a great connection there. And so um, something must have, you know, Something must have happened in that building, you know, over the course of over the course of that interview, where you know, who who, who knows? Chuck, you know, is there a chance? Chuck, is there a chance? Because we heard that Harbaugh was going to the Raiders, and then Ian Rapport came and sat exactly where you are right now and said, uh, maybe from Harbaugh, not from the Raiders side. And then we hear Harbaugh to the Vikings, and then it's like a little bit of smoke, and then he goes in there and does the interview. Is there a chance that the people around Harbaugh, whether it's the PR, the agent, what, uh, whoever else it could be, that are spreading this information to the insiders and to the internet, to the media, they even told Harbaugh, like, no, yeah, we think you're going to be good for the Vikings job. Like, is there a chance Harbaugh was getting wrong information going there from his own people, and should he address that? Or do you think they were just stirring up shit to maybe have an axe to grind with the University of Michigan like you brought up there, which I didn't even think about until just now. Whenever you said that, yeah, um, you know, it's a, a, another great question. And, and until we know the, the real story, would that happen though? Uh, like whenever you can, all that stuff. Yeah, when, yeah. I, I've seen that hurt. I've seen that hurt people. I've seen you know guys, and you hear stories about you know people's PR guy, and 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 certain guys have friends at, at this newspaper or that newspaper. Hey, get my name in the newspaper. Get my name out there. Start putting headlines out that I'm a finalist for this job, or I'm one of the top candidates. This, that, and the other. But I've seen that you know work both ways, and and I know as an organization, if you know you're seeing a bunch of that stuff, and a lot of that stuff's coming out, you know you may go, hey, look. You know, we're going to make the final decision on this, and it isn't going to be, you know, your agent. It isn't going to be, you know, a, a PR firm that you you've hired. But again, think about, you know, you know, the search committees you mentioned. You know, uh, the hiring processes are going to come under, um, you know, huge scrutiny. You know, here moving forward. But I think everybody has has brought more people to the table. You know, when they bring these coaches in to interview, so all it takes, Pat. And AJ and boys, you know, all it takes is one person sitting in that room 
where they go around and say, you know, hey, thumbs up, you know, on, on Jim Harbaugh or whoever. And all it takes is one, one person that they've added to this, this committee and say, hey, look, I didn't, I didn't get a great feel, you know, or, you know, because these guys vet these guys and they call and call and call. And they're going to go back through your entire coaching history and call everybody and every school, every university, every head coach you work for, assistants, and just to try to see if one person will say, hey, look, hey, don't go down that road. This dude is, you know, and all it takes is, is one guy to make those guys flinch. Hmm. Chuck, so they hired Kevin O'Connell, and it seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. Do you know much about him, and how does that happen to where his name wasn't really being floated everywhere like, hey, this guy's a top candidate to be a head coach? I didn't know he existed, Chuck. I didn't know this guy even existed. I had no idea. Yeah, that makes three of us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the whole the whole room over there. I mean, again, McVeigh, you know, he's 35, 36 years old, and his tree is like, I think Lombardi or somebody was, or uh, Al Michaels was talking about, you know, his tree. And you think about all the guys, and everybody's going to go to a place where, you know, you know, Sean's had so much success in such a short period of time and you see all these guys so everybody wants to know it's like patriots you know everybody was going and grabbing and trying to get information how how what's the patriot way what are the secrets you know so they bring these guys and they hire them they interview them some work out some don't um so i don't know a lot about o'connell maybe just the opposite of maybe uh, a harbaugh situation where hey it's out there he's getting it he's getting it he's getting it and then all of a sudden you don't hear about this other dude where, you know, a lot of those times it's like you have an opportunity, you're talking to a place, and you're like that close, and that's like, okay, shut the phones off, shut the media off, don't talk to anybody, you tell your, your, your group of people, you tell your camp, you know, your PR guys, your agent, just radio silence. I think we're in a good, good spot here, let's don't screw this thing up. So, like always, less is more in a lot of these situations. And so, a guy like O'Connell, obviously, they can't hire him till after the uh, till after the Super Bowl's over. If that's going to be the guy, you remember this whole thing went down with Shanahan a couple years back before he went to San Fran, right? He was at Atlanta, was the offensive coordinator, I believe, at, oh, at the yeah. Falcons, yep. and it was like, okay, it's already a done deal, and you're not supposed to have done deals. You know, there's supposed to be you know rules in place where. There's windows of opportunity that you can interview and you can talk to these coaches, you know, and then that window closes if they're still playing the playoffs and then it's supposed to open back up, you know, once the playoffs are over. So I think a lot of these deals are getting brokered, obviously, behind the scenes. And, um, again, I'm sure this guy is, you know, how about McNown in Houston? Who? McCown, excuse me. Oh, jeez. I thought you said McNow. I was like, uh, McNow. I'm excited to hear I McNow. I, I didn't I'm, know. Like, I'm like a little bit of Lombardi, a, a old time. Gabagool starts to get infect your head and your brain. Yeah, you, yeah I, believe me, I know. Brian, Brian Leftwich instead of Byron. Those things happen every now and then. But, but Josh, right? McCown coming out. Of, I mean, never coached a day in his life, I don't think, right? And he's 
totally a finalist for that job. Well, John McClain allegedly doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground is what the internet told me. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just telling you, some people tweeted me that after we broke the news that Josh McCown is going to be the next big NFL news that John McClain wrote in the Houston Chronicle. And John McClain's been covering the Texans, I think, for like 30 years. I think he was even covering the Oilers at one point yep. whenever they were around. So we just assume on this show, if John McClain's saying it, there's a reason he's saying it. And then a lot of people in Houston are like, nah, John don't know shit. John don't know nothing. But if he gets hired, it's, I mean, hey, he might be a great head coach. Honestly, Josh McCown might be a great head coach. Mm -hmm. But with everything going on with Flores and obviously Hugh Jackson coming involved, and I think there was some other folks, and there's a class action lawsuit happening where, like you said, there is not supposed to be any done deals where the Dayball deal was already finished before Flores even went in for an interview and how that looks incredibly awkward and uncomfortable for Brian Flores. And he said it was humiliating, obviously, the entire thing. It's just, it's a wild time right now. And I think that's going to happen whenever there's like eight coaches, head coaching opportunities out there. This is a lot of openings, right? And this is taking a lot longer than normally, right, Chuck? Yeah, no question. So this leads us all to believe that you know, there's candidates obviously that are that are still in play on the, on these two staffs that are left. You know, maybe you know Lou's name. I know you had Lou on earlier. Um, you know, his name was. I guess he interviewed at, at one point with one team. I can't remember which team it was, uh, but obviously, you know, Raheem Morris, defense coordinator there at the Rams, and 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 you know O'Connell. Those are two guys that are are still playing. So that that'll drag you know the process out. Uh, but believe me, if those guys know. And they've they've had their discussions, you know, because you're saying, hey, we got to build a staff, you know, we got to put a staff together, and there's only so many coaches, you know, available, and and guys covet certain guys, and those guys, especially the really good football coaches that have been around a long time and have a lot of experience, the guys that are hiring, you know, or been hired to this point, you know, they're they're on the phones and they're getting those guys in for interviews oh, no. and they're trying, to, you know, seal these contracts up, so. The pool, the pool is going to shrink uh, really, really fast. So these teams that that haven't named uh, their guy, they either have them, you know, in place, and they're just sitting there because they're still working, um, or they're trying, you know, maybe something happens and and something comes up out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, oh shoot, we got to start all over. Coach Kevin O'Connell's been distracted trying to put his staff oh, together. Oh, so, oh no! You think Lou's been fucking around trying to build a goddamn staff? No, no, no chance. chance. No way. Coach Lou, hey, you know Coach Lou? I assume you do. Defense, Italian, how you doing? Keep it moving. We have Sunday gravy together. Never worked with uh, Lou. Obviously, have admired the job that he's done, uh, you know, at, at this at this spot in Cincinnati, but watched him from afar from a lot of places. I've, you know, uh, good friends of mine have worked with Lou, and, uh, and yeah. they just ran. They just ran. Friend of ours. Uh-huh. Yeah, friend of ours. Yeah. Italian coaches and, you know, Every other coach that I know, they all rant and rave about, <laughs> about Lou. And, and uh, I think he's pretty good at, at making the sauce, too, the gravy. So. Oh, oh. I didn't know that. should have asked about the gravy. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Chuck, uh, granted Josh McCown might change this, but why do you think uh, former players who want to become coaches have to start all the way at like the bottom of the ranks and don't get kind of a more like uh, main job, like even as a defensive back coach? Great question. That's a good question. Yeah. That's a great question. I know you guys were talking uh, to D. Butt, you know, about that um, the other day when he was on the show. Um, you know, certainly just because, again, you know, my experience and talking to these guys and being around these guys, 
you know, there are some guys like, I think we all think that, like, we could hire D-Butt tomorrow. Um, D-Butts has never uh, coached, uh, you know, a day in his life in front of a room, I don't, I don't believe. Um, he did a lot of the coaching for us at, at Indy, obviously. But, but as, a, as a hire, I think we could all hire D-Butt and say, hey, look, he's going to do a fantastic job. But I think that when you have an opportunity to go to a place, and the way I started was a graduate assistant, 1984, Southern Cal and spent two years there, a year under Jimmy Johnson at Miami in 86. And that's kind of, I, I, I learned a lot. Now you pay a lot of those dues, you know, you're doing a lot of the grunt work, you know, it isn't a lot of football, uh, but it's the, it's the film breakdown. Um, you know, it's going to get lunches, uh, Christmas trees at, at Christmas time, pumpkins at Halloween. So there's there's a lot of horror stories. There's a lot of uh, you know BS that goes on. But you learn at the grassroots level of you know how to break down film, how to watch film. You know not only you know learn one side of the ball, the other or special teams. Um, you know all all sorts of how to draw cards, how to how to put together. Um, you know, a 20, 25 minute individual, you know, you guys have gone out to practice sometimes, AJ, you've gone out to an individual period where, you know, you might've been like, I don't know how much thought coach put into this individual period today. <laughs> you know, we're kind of like flying by the seat of our pants and it might've been an OTAs. It's probably not during the playoffs or anything like that, but there's always been a time where, so there's a, there's a, a learning curve there as far as, you know, putting a, a lesson plan together, if you will. Like, you can't just go be an elementary teacher and, and teach fourth grade and not ever, you know, somebody's never taught you how to put, you know, a lesson plan together, um, you know, as far as getting up in front of a room, having having a plan for the day, here's the install, here's my PowerPoint, this, this is how I'm gonna teach these guys, because they're all different, you know, they, they all learn uh, in a different way. Some learn, you know, off the, uh, off the board, you know, putting the pictures up, you know. Um, most guys need to see that in the classroom, then go walk through it and then go practice it. But until you've, like, done that over and over and over again or had an opportunity to sit, like, you know, I sat for a long time and watched a lot of great coaches, you know, and, and I plucked certain things that I wanted to, you know, take with me, uh, you know, when I first got a full-time job. But those aren't those aren't easy deals, and it isn't like you can just get in there and, you know, hey, you know, ball come, you come, ball go, you go. You know, I think it's a, it's a little bit more than that. You Chuck, know, Chuck, Chuck, quick hey. question, quick question. You you talked about you know getting coffee, driving up cars, or driving or drawing up cards, driving to get Christmas trees, and everything like that. Don't you, I mean, there is no way that guys played any significant time in the NFL ever, right? I mean, I guess people have done it. That is an incredible – like, you're 21, 22 when you do – how old are you whenever you did that at USC and stuff like that? I was 24 when I got my first job there. Okay, so you're 24, 20 – like, in your early 20s. Guys that are, like, 31, 32, 33 years old, I think that is going to be very difficult to get them after they've gotten a master's in elementary school or they've gotten a master's in football from playing on it to sign up for that type. Is there? Do you think there's any way to change that or do you think that is all, like, a necessity type thing? Because I think former players getting into coaching is good. I think that's good for the league. I think it's good for everything. And also they're the best football minds that we have. Like – 
How do you think, do you think you can change that or no? You think there's no way, you, all those steps are necessary, you think? I think it's a, a lot of it has to uh, be up to the player, you know, because you bring up some great points. Guys that have played, you know, 10, 12, 14 years, and they come into the building at whatever time, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and they leave at 5. Those guys understand the hours. They they see our cars there till you know, some of them that never leave, you know, the parking lot until Thursday or, or date night on Friday. So those guys see that and they're like, you know, and they've made a, a ton of money. And now it's like, okay, here's what you're telling me. I'm going to work 18 hours a day and you guys are going to pay me 50,000 bucks. All right. And I'm and my job description is what? Okay. No, thank you. <laughs> I love football, you know, but. I don't love it this much, and maybe I can go find, you know, my passion and and get my fulfillment, you know, at a high school level, or you know, do like, you know, Rivers is doing, you know, Phillips doing there, uh, you know, at the high school level, um, and and things like that. So we've seen that. So I think um, there are a bunch of like Larry Foot. There's guys, you know, BA's got guys on the staff, former, you know, players. Are, they're they're all over. You know, uh, you know, Wes Welker is is carved out a, a great career for himself. But there's there's guys that I mean, we all and we all know we all could have said you know as coaches you know that guy is going to make a great coach. That guy's going to make a great coach. D. Butt be an excellent coach. Pops, you know, Mikey Adams, you know, just spent his first year in Chicago, you know, cutting his teeth there as a as a quality right. control coach on on defense, you know, in the secondary. You know, so I think it's a you know, a, those guys are smart guys and they do know the game. But then it's it comes down to, you know, both sides. Okay, am I willing to do that? And I don't think anymore, Pat. To be honest with you, that the stuff that maybe um, I experienced or anybody experienced as a, especially in the National Football League, um, as far as doing like all the grunt work and things, these guys are getting uh, are having responsibility and. And the coaching staffs uh, that I've been around, and the young coaches that we have, you you know, in Indy, the young coaches that we had, the, the quality control coaches we had on both sides, we always tried to give those guys opportunities to get up in front of the room, oh, yeah. you know, and present, you know, not only in a position group but in team meetings and things like that, to so they could get that experience. And it, it wasn't, hey, go, you know, go pick up my dry cleaning, go get lunch for the guys, you know, I need a car wash, this, that, you know, that bullshit doesn't happen. You know, in, in the on the coaching side, league. yeah, on the coaching but side. The, but the hardest thing is, again, the time commitment. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's going to be tough for former players to get in there, but our former players are our best minds. It's like the coaching world is an interesting one. It is. You got to pay your dues, you got to do your thing, but there's a lot. And then there's some people that bypass it and get in there. And if you win, that's all that matters. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if you win, that's all that matters. And we get a chance to win every single week we have you on. Uh, Chuck, we can't thank you enough. Can't wait to see you next week in LA, bub. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Appreciate you guys. Now, thank you for uh, being a part of that athletic article, too, by the way. I mean, the Tom McMahon uh, <laughs> story was amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I forgot about it, obviously. but it's hey, And I, I did, too, so I'm reading it. You know, Zach sent it over this morning, so I'm reading it this morning. Tina and I, and, and we're just dying laughing. And, uh, you know, Tommy's story, because that's – that is a that's gospel. I mean, you're sitting there putting the tee, the ball on the tee, and you see it wide open. It's the opening kickoff, and you know you're putting that thing down. 
you're looking out of the corner of your eye, and we just see the steam coming out, and, and Midge is looking at me, and I'm looking at Midge. I said, don't the fuck, you don't let him do that. Don't give him that fucking thumbs up. You know, and Pat's, you pussy, he's screaming from the sideline. <laughs> you went and did what you wanted to do anyway. Christ, we... <laughs> Yeah, well, no. be who you can afford to be. But it was awesome to go through there, and I thank you for your time there. Honestly, talking to them. Hey, the, best, the best one was, like, we're listening to you tell the story about the fake pot, you know, again. And that thing took, I said, how long did that take for him to tell you? Because she goes, it was like seven minutes long, that little recording. I said, I should have known better. If something takes like that long to explain and, and to, to practice, <laughs> it's out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had fun times. We had a great group of people. I was very lucky to be a part of it. But I think, you know, I think the best players in the NFL and the best coaches, I think they enjoy the shit out of, like, the team. Like, like you know, like everybody being together. And I think that is what everybody misses. I was very lucky to be a part of a great group of people at the Indianapolis Colts. And obviously, you're no different. So I appreciate the hell out of you, man. And thank you for joining us every week this season. We'll see you next week in L.A. Appreciate you. And are uh, USO tour, by the way, those stories about Gaston. To me, Pat, that was like the the best time of my life, you know, doing that. And for me and you personally, and where our relationship, you know, after that, and having a chance just to, I mean, talk, talk, and have all the filters down and, and take the gloves off, it was it was it was tremendous. And and Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> that was Godzilla. Really, that, I told that story. People think it didn't happen. It really happened. <laughs> I mean, there was like a hundred people screaming at him, and they gave out these glow sticks that were like these foam glows. This club was outright. I mean, lit. I mean, it was yeah. a very good time. And they were just hitting him with these glow sticks, screaming Godzilla while he was dancing <laughs> in the middle of that. It was awesome. I mean, he was obviously, he's bigger than every human that I've ever been yeah, around. Yeah. Over in Japan is not, uh, I think their average height is not as high right. mm -hmm. as the United States of America. I would just say that. He was Tower. I mean, it was like this high. We looked out on the dance floor, and it was Anthony Costanza's top of his head, and he was <laughs> he was having a full. It was a great time. I I I've said this numerous times. If you need to like bring a team together or a group together or an office together, go to a country in which they don't speak your language at all, and it is impossible to figure out what they're saying because you literally can only rely on each other almost. So everywhere we went, it was just us basically talking to each other and experiencing this brand. I thought it was huge. It was awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of that trip. Don't touch me mustache. Don't touch my mustache, dude. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. Thank you, Chuck. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it. Nah. 
Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel, shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. And we are pleased to be joined by an absolute icon, a man who has accomplished everything. His show, Entourage, shaped my entire life, literally and figuratively. On to talk about his new movie, Uncharted, which is in theaters everywhere February 18th. An absolute thriller about finding treasures and reading clues alongside fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah! Wow, what an introduction. Huh? Pretty good. Absolutely, that's fantastic. Oh, thank you, man. You deserve yeah. all of that and more. I wish I could have gave you a little bit more. Uncharted's going to be good. You're in the middle of a press run right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're promoting the tour, but the Buffer Brothers have nothing on you. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, anytime, that was good. Hey, you make a lot of movies. You need a white to introduce you ever. Let me know. You know, I'm ready to go. Thank you, buddy. How you guys doing? Hey, not too shabby. How are you? Very busy with this. This movie looks unbelievable. We weren't able to yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we're excited about it. It's something that's been in the making for quite some time. So between, you know, anticipating, uh, you know, Uncharted coming out to theaters February 18th and now waiting to hear what Aaron Rodgers does next and when he announces it on your show... We're, uh, we're excited. I'm, uh, I'm on pins and needles here. That's good news. Hey, obviously you have a sweet stash right now. I know you're doing something with that. Uh, you have like a little Twitter challenge, right? Can you explain that? Yeah, you know, we, uh, we, we made the movie uh, yeah, Uncharted. Obviously, it's beloved. Uh, over 40 million uh, video games sold. And the character Sully is quite iconic in his look with the mustache. In the beginning of the movie, I don't have the mustache. And I kind of transition into what people know from the game uh, as Sully with the stash. So Spoiler. I wore the mustache at the end of the film. And then I wore it for another film. And then I was like, you know what? I want to remind people that I was the Sully. And then also, my sister and my brothers think I look so much like like my dad with the mustache that so I'm just, uh, you know, honoring him. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm uh, wearing the stash till the movie comes out. Great. Hey, keep that thing around. Yeah. You know, I know you got to do a lot of different. My wife, my wife hated it at first and now she's digging it. And so now we're challenging <laughs> other people to annoy their uh, significant others and, uh, and wear a mustache as well. Well, if I had the ability to grow one that looked like that, I would definitely shave the rest of my face. If I was as attractive as you, I would do the same thing. Can I talk yeah. about your range, though? You're either the most wholesome dude in a movie or the fucking baddest of all dudes of all time. And in this one, it feels like, and we, we didn't get to see the screener last night because the ice storm that came through, but we saw the trailer, oh. we read about it. I think you got both going on in this particular movie. I think you're the mentor, the wholesome guy. And then I think I seen you fucking some people up in there too, Mark. Let's go. Yeah, he's also he's also the least trustworthy guy in the world. But, you know, <laughs> as you kind of, you chip away at him. Uh, you know, this, is, this, this kind of uh, treasure hunting uh, world is, is very cutthroat. And so, you know, he, uh, but he does, if you chipped away at him, uh, he realized that he has a heart of gold. So it's amazing that Tom and I kind of butt heads the whole time. And then, you know, it's, it's great for uh, people to see us come together as a team. Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. That was smart. Mark, quick, quick pivot. What's, uh, what do you think about Mac Jones and the Patriots and, and what they're going to do going forward? Well, you know, they started. They went on that run there, and I thought, oh, my God, Mac Jones, he's, he, dude, first year out of the gate, he, this guy's going to the playoffs, and he's going to be fantastic. And, you know, they, they hit a bit of a, a road bump there, but I still think he's got a shot. He's, he's, uh, he's super talented, you know, um, didn't end up having the season that I had hoped, 
Uh, Buffalo, that Buffalo game was pretty was pretty uh, tough. But yeah. you know, uh, he's got he's got talented potential. It's just crazy now if you look at Joe Burrow, you look at Patrick Mahomes, and you look at Josh Allen. I mean, those guys are so mobile. They got cannons. It's just it's just a different level right now. Let's talk about a thousand yard rushing quarterback that you got to see a lot, uh, Tom Brady. He obviously announces his retirement here just a few yeah. days ago. I assume you and him are very tight. You are friends. What is it like to watch your friend retire from being the greatest of all time? And he's probably going to go on to make a bazillion dollars after football, but not seeing him on the field is going to be a little bit different, I assume, for you. Yeah, I was I was actually I was kind of surprised. I was hoping that uh, you know, they were they were going to have one more one more go at it and visit one more Super Bowl, but you know, he's done so much for, obviously for New England, uh, the fan base there, what he did for Tampa in the two years that he was there and what he did for football as a whole. Uh, I'm happy for him. He's retiring. He goes, go on and enjoy the rest of his life and look forward to seeing what else he's, he's going to do. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm surprised it only took him 22 years to get that thousand yards, you know, <laughs> I think it take him 25 to get there. But, you know, um, what, what an accomplishment, what a career. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, excited to see what he does next. Uh, so we have a picture of your daily schedule. Okay, we read this. Uh, we ha- I have a lot of respect for you, Mark. I think you've accomplished so much. Uh, and obviously you seem to be everywhere at all times. Is is any of this real? Like, <laughs> is this real? This is what you do every single goddamn day, Mark? There's it's a- not every single day. It's what I was doing at the time. But they, oh. they also they misinterpreted some stuff. I think if you look at that schedule closely, it has me being in the shower for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> which is not the case, but I was getting up at 2.30. I mean, today I got up at 2.45. I got a lot of stuff to do before I go to work. Uh, I want to get my training in, all my prayer time, or whatever else I need to do before I start my day, getting the kids up for school, which is no easy task. But, it, you know, the last movie I did, I put on 30 pounds. So I was just kind of eating and, you know, stuffing my face. It really just depends on what I'm doing for work or what, you know, the, the next role that I'm playing calls for in preparation. How, when did you get to this point? Do you have a, like, a look back and when you became, like, this super businessman, tightened up, or has this always been the way you've operated? Have you always been this? Well, or- yeah, I've all, I've always been a, a bit of a go getter and pretty ambitious. I mean, even you know people ask me a lot about my video game history because this movie is based on a game. I mean, to 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 get a quarter out of my dad was not an easy thing to go and play asteroids one time, and then if I wanted to shovel snow or sell newspapers or do anything else, odd jobs, I was always kind of getting after it. The only way I could make something happen is if I went out there and kind of did it myself. So I've just applied those that work ethic to what I do now, and it it works. So I don't I don't want to change it. I don't want to you know defer from it amen mark this guy that you're talking to in the tank top pat thinks that he can make the uh the senior pga tour someday i know you're a very avid golfer very good golfer what do you think the chances are on someone like him all of a sudden becoming an elite (laughs) golfer and, and making the tour what's his deal you know what? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I had that kind of same ambition when I first discovered the game. I was like, this is what I want to do. I played in every tournament. I know Pebble Beach, the Pro-Am just started today. And I'm like, thank God I'm not there at 5 o'clock in the morning. The lights are just coming on. You're freezing cold. You're hitting balls. Six and a half hour rounds. Um, you know, although I do want to go back there in, in hopes to find good weather. But now I just kind of play with my buddies. We play in two and a half hours. I do try to practice every day because I want to get good. But the greatest thing just happened to me. My son started playing before Christmas. So both of them now are hitting balls every day. They're going to play uh, at night and under the lights. So I, I love it. I mean, for us to be able to just pick up and go and travel wherever we want and play together, that's going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to me. You don't have to go anywhere, right? I mean, 
images of your backyard surfaced on the internet and i think everybody oh, yeah. said oh my how long did this take did you build this because your kids got into golf or is this whole oh no i built i built it before for myself but now in hopes that they would so i have one range that's up high and then i have the other range down below for them so they're not breaking the windows in the guest house and everything but <laughs> yeah i mean i love the game that much so i'm i'm, I'm actually gonna go and uh, after i finish today go and hit balls i'll probably hit you know uh you know a couple hundred balls and then chip and putt and then you know play with my sons and put have a putting contest with them after i can't wait to see you in the champion store me and you are gonna fucking wreck shop in there dude it's gonna be so much fun <laughs> I, yeah we'll be going up against who's uh i don't know i'm already 50 and i i, I don't think i can make it i've probably uh you're 50 yeah and i've shot under par maybe three times my whole life so i'm not i'm not expecting to go into the champions tour but you're 50 years old, dude. I would have yeah. never guessed that. Has anything that you didn't think was going to happen in your life not happened? It feels like you got businesses that are very successful. I mean, the Wahlburgers oh, are yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. You're in the water game for a bit there. I saw you pushing that stuff. Movies, obviously, you started in the music world. I think you have oh. RVs for sale right now. Has there has yep. there been anything that you have? Car dealerships. Car dealerships. Sorry about that as yep. well. Yep. Reality Sports TV. nutrition, gyms. Yeah. Is there anything you haven't done yet that you like had on the list of things you would like to accomplish? Um, no, but I mean, you know, I, all the things that I do are things that I have a real passion for and that I kind of live on a daily basis. So I don't really do too many things that are that are. Yeah, I mean, I have a portfolio and I got a guy who kind of, you know, makes some investments for me on a Ooh. passive level. But I like to be involved and get, you know, get uh, get in there and make things happen. So um, I just, uh, you know, I do things that I love and that I'm passionate about and. You know, I love to build business. I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. So, but I'd like to, I'd like to just uh, make more movies where I live, so I could spend uh, less time away from home and my family. Yeah, I think I read what Uncharted. You filmed in Spain and some other places I couldn't pronounce. Yeah, Spain, Berlin, Madrid, and and other parts of Spain during the pandemic, which was tough because you're in these beautiful locations, but you don't get to really go anywhere or do anything. Kind of whisk to the hotel. You get tested. You test in the morning. You test again at night, and. You know, you don't want to do anything to kind of shut down the production. That would be a big no-no. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hear you give any, like, I'll kill you speeches, but I heard that from other actors, you know, during the, uh, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if, you messed up, if you messed up any of the COVID things. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Entourage, you know, because there's always, like, this loose reference, like, oh, that's Mark's life. And then I assume there was some creative liberties after season one, season two, season three, whatever yeah. it was. How accurate yeah. was that? And did you expect to change, like, for instance, my life with that thing? I grew up in Pittsburgh, never could have imagined what it would be like with your friends making it big in the business. Did you uh -huh. know that as that was happening or did you have any expectations and how true is it to your life? We always felt like it would be the ultimate wish fulfillment for guys, you know, to kind of be there living vicariously through them. And what better way to enjoy success than to share it with your friends? So I always took my guys with me wherever we went. And we started making a documentary about my buddies trying to start a rap career in their late 30s. And uh, and it was a it was a disaster. So we were documenting that and we were showing everybody and they're like, oh, my God, we should do a, a TV series, a scripted series about you and your friends. And I said, no, let's kind of make it loosely based on us. And uh, and so they took stuff from my life, from other actors uh, in their experience, you know, whether it was Leo, lots of different people. And we kind of, you know, try to make it as realistic as possible and, and bring people into that experience and 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 again sharing it with our friends and we you know we we looked at sex in the city and how much women love that show and we we're like oh we need something like that for guys and and uh and it was uh something that you know 
obviously changed the game. I remember the first time we did the pilot, I couldn't get anybody to do a cameo, so I had to do it myself. <laughs> and then I remember, you know, people then begging to be on the show. And and when we finally did the movie, I mean, you had literally, I don't know, 75 cameos. I mean, a list of people begging to be on the show, which was great. Yeah, I think you accomplished the male sex in the city, man. Way to go, Mark. Yeah. Hey, way to go, Mark. We appreciate it out there. Go ahead, Ty. Thank you. Mark, at this point in your career, obviously, people are kind of coming out to you uh, when they want you to be in something. And you've been, you know, one of the biggest movie stars in the world for what, 20 plus years, but are there any guys, uh, either actors or actresses or directors who you haven't worked with yet that you'd like to before it's all said and done? Oh my gosh, there are so many. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work with some of the greats and, you know, they've taken me under their wing. I really get to kind of pick their brain and, and learn from them. But, you know, the, of course, the Clint Eastwoods, the Steven Spielbergs, you know, Guillermo del Toro's, there's so many and all the up and coming filmmakers. Um, I'm always, you know, excited to either kind of find my own stories and get them made myself or I'm also willing to go and service a vision of a, a writer director and have them give me line readings. I don't care. I just want to work with the greats and I want to continue to do more and more and better and better each time out and challenge myself and grow as an actor. I feel as excited about uh, working uh, now as I did when I started. Hey, how awesome is Antonio Banderas? I know he's in this movie. Which oh, I've always been a giant fan. Amazing. Amazing. You know, he and I had known each other for a while, but we never worked together. And he's what a great villain. He, he really enjoyed himself. And, uh, you know, people loving him in the movie. Uh, February 18th, Uncharted comes out starring this man, Tom Howland, Antonio Banderas. I know you got a lot of other stuff to do. We appreciate you. What is your what do you think would be your natural walk around weight? You think because I think we see you yoked up. Yeah. We saw you fat. Now we see you, you know, kind of standard operation. Well, what do you think is your standard weight? Like 190. I mean, I've gone from 218 to 130. I was just 136 for a movie. So I, I kind of. You know, how? How? What do you do? Uh, it's just drink water and uh, do cardio and uh, be miserable. But and then, of course, <laughs> eating, you know, uh, I think the eating, eating and putting on weight is harder just because, you know, you still got to even if you're full, you got to pack in the next meal and then pack in the next meal. Um, but in losing weight, you know, you just got to be more disciplined. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your commitment to the characters that you play. Can't wait to watch Uncharted on February 18th. The mustache looks fantastic. Have a great one, boss. Hey, thank you, guys. Congrats on all your success. Oh, thank you. Hey, you too, man. But thank you. <laughs> One day we strive to be like Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah! Yeah! All right, so they were trying to relay information to Zito. Zito couldn't see it on the computer, so they had actually had a pop-up on the screen there towards the end of it. In the middle of a run, I can't believe we got a chance to chat with him. They that kicked us out of that meeting so fast. What's that? <laughs> they kicked us out of that meeting so fast. Oh, yeah, they're done with it. We yeah, got, there's a new one coming up, I bet. Yeah, 2.15. Yeah. He's it's a junket. He's got them all day. Yeah. I feel like us... Uh, we really separated ourselves today. Oh, yeah, uh -huh. sure. I feel like we really separated. When he wraps up all of his interviews from the day, he's going to think back. That one That's that just nice. started awkwardly at 158. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, to, sorry to serious listeners. We, Mark Wahlberg showed up in our Zoom yeah, yeah. call. Marky Mark waits for nobody. He, Come showed on. Up er, he showed up early. And I was like, all right, we might as well just go ahead and do this entire thing. How about that? If he's just posted up there talking all day, I could see how that could get a, a bit relentless. I'm going to watch Uncharted, though. Yeah. Imagine oh, yeah. being 60, walking around 60 pounds less than your normal walking around weight. Yeah, 130. What, what movie did he do? Obviously, it hasn't come out yet. I think it's on, uh, I saw a trailer for one on Apple. I believe Apple Plus. He's got some movie he's starting in is coming out, I think, this week as well with uh, Uncharted coming out, too. Damn. Wow. So we got the Uncharted 
press, but not the other one. Right, other I believe one. so. Good to know he actually did bulk up to 218 because we were looking at those photos. Oh, what, pain and gain? You guys see pain and gain? Yes. Oh, yeah, with so the rock, right? Yeah. No, no, there's this other one. No, where he was, the uh, rock's in that, though. Pain and gain, yeah, I know that one, mm-hmm. but uh, th- that wasn't the one he was force-feeding himself for, was no, it? No, no. That one hasn't come out yet either. Yeah, it's another one. Hey, Mark's got 10 of them on deck, dude. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to know. The dude is always, hey, I drive by Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet. That's not too far from me. I was like, how, when did this place become Mark Wahlberg? And it's, I guess he's got dealerships all over now. I love that good businessman. Uh, we we got an opportunity to watch the screener last night. Like we had a theater, we we're supposed to go watch mm-hmm. it and everything. Why don't they send you a link? That's normally what happens, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know. We don't normally do this. This isn't something we normally do. I've so, ju- how many did they say could go? The whole th- whole yes. crew. Yeah. What if you said, "Hey, can I can I fill the theater?" Yeah, sure. With yeah. your buds, like with your friends, no filming. Well, I think we could actually next time we should think mm. about just filling the theater in general. Well, but yeah, everybody would have came. Every, I mean, everybody cool. was supposed to come, but it was an ice storm, so we oh, missed it. Yeah. But it was big for them for us to watch it before talking to them. So when I told him, ah, I didn't get to see it, I heard him go, "Huh." So I assume he's pissed at somebody for letting us. You know, he probably says, "Hey, how about you send the guys a link?" That's probably what he said to his people. Well, that's what we said back a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Like, can you? They do don't that? trust yeah. it though. They don't trust people with links. I'm sure. Yeah, but you can make it active. But you just put your big name, like uh, Conor Conor McGregor sent us his uh, documentary before it came out. Yeah, so did Cena. And it said literally our name right across it. You know, well, and you can only make the link active for like twenty four, ten hours or whatever, right? Yeah, but they got a lot going on. They got a lot. But if it's February eighteenth, are they worried that you're gonna take like screen grabs and leak leak things? That's a long time from now. Yeah, yeah, two weeks. Wow, yeah. Why is he doing the junket today? Put what is a junket? What are we even? Yeah. You, said you this sit a down. Of times. You saw his background. Like when guys are doing movies, they sit down, and usually it's like five minute interviews where people just roll through for six straight hours doing five minute interviews. Is that real? Oh yeah. It's like yeah, funny you say that uh, the link yeah. was called junket. Yeah, he's probably doing that for the next like six hours today. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my. that's what they do to promote it. They have to get all like they hit every local station and place from all over the country. Basically. Damn. Remember when you kind of had to do one? Yeah, I'm sure you've done it. Uh, I don't think I've done anything like that. I think it was when we were DAZN. Remember you Remember when you had to Man. sit in here and do like fucking 20 interviews? Oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah, they yeah, had me call people. I yeah. was calling people. Though. So that was mm-hmm. it. Damn. You were so kind of 20? By the way, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I assume there I don't is, think it does. I assume there's a method to the madness, but I don't Podcasting know. is the way to get, get messages out now more. I think so, too. But the people that popped up on the screen said, you got three minutes. Get them the fuck out of here. Well, <laughs> hey, we, we had them longer than I thought. Hey, me too. It started early. That's why when I saw him there early, it's, uh, Zito was like, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> when old buddy said, state your name in your organization or your that. outlet. I was pumped for that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that Mark or somebody else? Someone, Someone else. Producer else. on the other side. What if we would have said, uh, this is the Boomer Esiason show? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's texting, he's texting his buddies right Manning. now. Yeah, saying that, hey, I just talked to Peyton freaking Manning. <laughs> could he see us or no? Yeah, the whole time. He could see us. To my understanding, yeah. Okay, good. Hey, shout out, Mark. Thanks for coming. Thank back. you, Mark. Uh, Eric Weddle is basically said that he's not playing football for any other team ever again. No, no, no. I'm going right back to the life I had before I got signed, (laughs) and it's actually a pretty good mindset to be. It's amazing to be able to understand that and know that I don't have to save myself for next season. I don't have to save myself for the offseason. I didn't have to save myself for the Super Bowl last week knowing it wasn't guaranteed, so I was throwing it in there, giving it everything I got. And he had nine tackles and one tackle for loss, led uh, the Rams in tackles in the NFC Championship game. Because, listen, I don't have anything left after this other than going 
going back and doing what I was doing before. After this Super Bowl, I move on, go back to my old life, and there will be no comebacks. There will be not playing for another team, another game. No, 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 he says. <laughs> That's awesome. He said, so this is it. All right, so what you're going to see out there, and not that the Super Bowl isn't a higher speed than the playoffs, and the playoffs are a higher speed than the regular season, and there's more sacrifice in saying, hey, what's the worst that could happen? I got no tomorrow anyway, so if I fucking woo, throw my entire back into this and blow out every single T2, T1, T7 on my spine, it's not that big of a deal. Guys are really laying it on the line. Look for Weddle to do some crazy shit in the Super Bowl, it sounds like. That's what I'm reading there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's unbelievable what he has been able to do coming off the street and play so well. It's just, it's an awesome story. They dropped him in. Yeah. Just yeah. dropped him in there. How you doing? Yeah. We're playing in the playoffs. These are big time games. Good luck out there. We need you to make plays. He said, ah, I still got it. And by the way, no hits all year. Yeah. Fresh body. body feels pretty good, actually. Fresh legs, hopefully. Yeah. What if Weddle does this for the Rams for the next five years? Just when the playoffs come, the Weddle. Nah. Uh, yeah. It's Weddle time. Yeah. Come on in. Let's go ahead and get it. Why not? I could see him maybe getting tempted in the future, but he's saying no, no, no. Not another game, not another team. No, 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 no. Yeah, but if he's saying, like, I'm just going to go back to what I was doing, is he just going back to eating weights and staying ready just in case the Rams do make another Super Bowl? Run? And playing pickup basketball, right? Yep. Yeah. That's what he's mm-hmm. doing for cardio. I. More power to him, man. He's basically just saying, hey, there's no way I'm doing OTAs in camp again. <laughs> yeah. Did you see what I just did? I fucking came in and led the team in tackles in the championship game. I'm going to the Super Bowl. I didn't do this before. What are we even doing around here? It's crazy. Pretty simple. I, I feel like he looks like quicker and faster now than he did at the end of his career, probably because of the time off and because his body's healed a little bit. I wonder what the weight difference is for him now versus what he normally plays. You mm. know? Looks similar, doesn't he? He does, but there's probably, you know, there's probably some sort of. Especially since he didn't have like any, it wasn't like, oh, he came out of retirement and he had a six weeks of camp or build up. Like, oh, here we go, buddy. You're, you know, you drop your kids off at the school today and then you're playing in the uh, NFC Championship game the next day. And you're going to somehow lead us in tackling. Because doesn't your body need to take a couple beats? Like you said, first couple of days of training camp was always tough on the body. You know, you have to get like recalous, get back into hitting shape or whatever. Do you think. He was just able to just bounce around there, or you think he's sore as hell? He is sore as hell. I'm sure, he's sore, but who cares? Sore is nothing. Like no, sore is fine. Sore. If you're sore, that goes away eventually. Like hurt is one thing. Sore. Come on, get over it. Well, you hurt or you injured. <laughs> yep. You hurt yeah. or you injured. Bingo. Sore is like you should take pride in being sore. Like sore feels good. Like if you get, it's like if you have meatheads get a good old bench session and their their chest is sore for the first time in a little while. Like, oh, okay, good, I'm working. Yeah, you earned that. Yeah. Even though you can't stand up from the shit you're taking, you earned that feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anybody anybody could just stand up after taking a poop. They didn't go in there and squat, body weight squat. They didn't do the triceps, so you can't even help yourself up with your arms. They didn't didn't do any of the things that have caused you to slide off of the toilet onto the ground (laughs) to try to stand up because your legs are so dead. You earned that type of soreness. Is that what you're saying, AJ? Absolutely, and I'm, I'm sure your uh, adrenaline really helps out, too, when you realize, oh, my body hurts so bad. Oh, here we go. I'm, I was sitting on the couch, and now I'm in the Super Bowl. So yeah. that obviously is a big factor in that. Think about how good he was in his pickup games. Absurd. <sighs> he was first pick every time. Oh, we got Eric. I, I assume the first time he showed up, though, uh, awkward-looking white. Let's yeah. pick him last. With the beard. And then there was, uh, I don't know how many... Probably four or five points in. They're like, oh, we'll never make that. Oh, oh shit. Good. We'll never make that. We got Billy Hoyle here. <laughs> yeah. Let's get Billy Ho on the line. Um, let's bounce around a little bit. 
Uh, Andrew Whitworth is older than both head coaches in the Super Bowl, this guy. Played for the Bengals for so long. Now he's playing against the Bengals in the Super Bowl. He's 44 years old. Sean McVay is 36. Obviously, Zach Taylor is 38. These two come from the same coaching tree. They are young offensive gurus who have been hired. And Andrew Whitworth, left tackle, who was hurt, then he was back, then he was hurt, then he was back. A man who's respected by everybody is older than both head coaches. How about it? baby, Andrew. Hey, Hey, way to take care of your body. To be Andrew Mentals and your chickens to be able to play this long. Very big congratulations, Andrew. I believe I also saw that he has more snaps on the Bengals than anyone on the Bengals does right now. Which would make sense because that Bengals team is so young. They don't know what they don't know, AJ. They don't know what they don't know over there. Good. It's good to be kind of naive to to the situation, I think. And then it just becomes the expected situation. Sometimes, don't you think you're either like some people can be naive which is great. And then some people can be, they may be almost legends, but they also have some scars on them where they mentally at times, they think back on the couple of times it didn't work out when young guys that are naive. What do you mean? Not, we're just here. We're not, we're just playing. And for instance, here's an example. Whenever I watch a playoff game, I'll see a ball dropped. I'm like, can't, can't drop ball in the playoffs. Can't do that. That's going to lead to a loss. And somebody on the team might even think, that, like, hey, you can't do that in the playoffs. I'm not saying this happened for the Bengals, but the Bengals see that and they're like, yeah, no big deal. This ain't no. a thing. We'll they catch the next one. Yeah, we'll get the next one. Because they haven't got that situation where it has just been an absolute sword through the heart because of one mistake. And it becomes the new regular. And I'm, like, jealous. I am incredibly jealous that that young crew over there, this is the expectation they're going to have going into workouts, into offseason. This is how they're going to carry themselves. I love it. I absolutely love everything about it well and i'm not saying like this is exactly how it is for the chiefs but it felt like that like the chiefs have had those heartbreaking losses in the afc championship and then once things started to go bad and you know they were winning and they had a lead and it started snowballing on them i feel like because of that because they already are you know calloused from massive losses and know that they can't blow it anytime the Bengals are just like yeah, yeah we'll just win i we'll guess just win. Yeah, yeah, i guess we'll just go to the super bowl i don't know what, what i guess we'll hop on a bus in our full pads like we're fucking in a single A high school and drive down to the University of Cincinnati and hopefully the soccer team or uh, field hockey team or any of the other Cincinnati Bearcat squads aren't on the fucking field so that the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC champions, the team that's playing in the Super Bowl in less than 10 days or whatever has to go to some university that is not a Power 5 school. No offense to Cincinnati. This is not my deeming of who's Power 5 who's not Power 5. You're Power 1 in my eyes. This is an embarrassment, okay? This is a fucking embarrassment that they had to do this today. You know it, I know it. And all of Cincinnati, who's attacked me for always referencing this, referencing this, they're on a goddamn bus like the 12-year-olds driving down to a college to practice today for the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's 2022. There's $110 billion in deals in media rights, let alone there's $6,000 tickets to the Super Bowl right now. I assume the Bengals are going to see some of that in the end of the day. And they're driving to the University of Cincinnati's indoor facility. That, that, enough of it. Enough. Yeah. Build the goddamn bubble. I hear you. I hear you. But, I mean, to the Bengals' credit, I did hear that they get priority during the playoffs, though, where they get to go out first and they don't have to wait. (laughs) No way. Hey, it's good negotiation. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Hey, that Brown family will say, listen, uh, we'll pay you for this thing. But we like who's probably, the intramural? I need to talk to the intramural director. Like when we co- we need to be priority number one when the playoffs start. Imagine like Mike coming in with a headband on. Yeah, we got a uh, we got an ultimate frisbee tournament. Today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we sign up. Did you sign up, Joe Burrow? Did you sign up for the ultimate? Oh, you did. We got the we got the field for the next hour and a half. 
All right, and this game isn't even started yet, so fucking scram, Zach Taylor. Yeah. Then he comes running off. You know, boys, are, the Bengals are all sitting on the outside. Yeah. Like it's a pickup basketball they game. Cheer. They're cheer. They, they start cheering for the kids. Uh, this guy's pretty fucking good. That mm-hmm. Mike guy's a little bit of an asshole, but the guy he's throwing that Frisbee to, he's a stud. Jamar, maybe you can learn a little bit from that. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They're waiting for the field to go, we got next. Who are you? The fucking AFC champions. Yeah. We're trying to practice for the Super Bowl. That's what's happening right now. I mean, it is kind of crazy when you think about it, but that is happening. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, what do we even... <laughs> Maybe that's those, those, those moments, though. You and Chuck talked about the USO tour. You guys hanging out. They're riding on the bus. Great fellowships, sharing stories. Here we go. Yeah. Let's go win the Super Bowl. Well, I hope the stories are, I can't fucking believe we're this good of a team with this shitty of a fucking organization. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's real, though. You come together. Guys come together in misery. I'm not saying they're in misery, but when you're in rough situations or tough situations, it does bring you closer. Which is why training camp is always something that a lot of people love, getting away. It's miserable. We're all in this thing together. We build some camaraderie. And maybe there is like a, a togetherness of playing for an amateur organization in the most successful league in the world. I mean, maybe there is, but... I mean, these boys should be able to get out there and practice whenever, however, mm-hmm. wherever the fuck they want on their own property. Yeah, so- maybe in 10 years, though. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are like, you guys don't even understand. We used to have to drive down the road. To- and then we win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Ever since we got this stupid indoor facility, yep. we haven't been back yet. You know, like that they're setting up for that, Joe too. Joe Burrow's never going to say no. that. No. Every player in there is thinking as they're on the bus down to the University of fucking Cincinnati. No offense to the Bearcats. Love the Bearcats, okay? Let's go, Bearcats. All right, love Luke Vick. They're on the bus driving down there thinking to themselves, this is the highest league. This is the highest level. This is – we're playing in the Super Bowl, and here we are on school – I heard there were six school buses. I I wouldn't be surprised. They better pray to God that one of those things doesn't get stuck in a snowbank either, and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and those guys got to get out of the bus and push Push it it. out. True. Uh Paul Hammy. But this is how, you know, how this I is. I rode on those buses. Those buses were nice. We took them to mm-hmm. our, uh, when we had a team volleyball match, too, at the, the place with all the, the sand courts during OTAs. Those buses aren't nice. Hope My team won, but yeah. Congrats. Nice. Holy yeah. shit. You get a ring? Get one of these? No, I, I didn't. I got a parking spot that I ended up selling to another player. You got a, what? I got a, a, one of the closest parking spots for my team winning, and then I, I flipped my flipped the spot because I didn't care to park that close. I bet you fucking Mike Brown loved that move. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. We'll I like us, this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to steal a dollar and cut a corner anywhere he possibly can. He'll park on the other side of the parking line. No, I could, I could park like four spots next to it. Like it. You know, if you show up decent time, there's you know there's plenty of spots. Were you still driving that shitty pickup truck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't on. know what I was driving. <laughs> Ohio State <laughs> legend one? Are you talking about that one? Or are you talking oh, about the yeah. one he drove out here with plastic the on the seats? The one he drove out here. That... Yeah. Plastic yeah. on the seats? Plastic on the oh, seats. Yeah. One seater. Plastic on the seats? What do you mean? Yeah. The, uh, the O2 like Corolla. Yeah. It was a shit box. Anyways, let's get oh, to a break. It's amazing. It's a work truck. It's great. Did it, it didn't have farm use only on the side, so it ain't that big of a fucking yeah. work truck. Did you it? drive it to your attic? Fucking drop sheets in the back. Guys. Before I came to Indy one time, though, my, my back left tire went completely flat, like the couple hours before I was supposed to drive to Indy. So I got a couple cans of Fix-A-Flat and jammed it in there and continued what? to put air in there for the last two years, but filling it up with air. And wish for the best. It's worked out great. It's great technology, that Fix-A-Flat. How does it work? We will never know. It's like the movie uh, Greed or whatever. You know, the uh, Vaporizer? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. that's right. Where does it go? Nobody knows. How's Fix-A-Flat work? Nobody knows. How's that sealant work that they have? 
that can just be put on the glass and it seals up water yeah. somehow. Yeah. Flex seal. Nobody yeah, knows. Flex seal. Oh, I had a bunch of that. It's great. Ugh. It is, but what is it? How does it work? I don't know. Killing the environment. Yeah, probably. it was yeah. just like that uh, non-stick frying pan. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. All these things. You know, some chemist makes them. This will burn down the world. Sham wow. How sham how's that thing? How does that thing get so dry? Oh, it so, like makes no sense. Like those divers, all those divers use the, their towels are like this yep. big, and they're those blue things, and, psh, and it's completely dry. Yeah. Like what is that? How? How has water not done that with anything else <laughs> yeah. in the past? But this thing comes. How does that work? That's alien tech. All oh, that's alien tech. That's what we're thinking as well. Yeah. How do planes fly? I mean, you, right, could you build a microwave? How do microwaves work? Yeah, and they're getting better and better. It's a nuclear too. bomb every ten seconds. That's what they say. Somebody did tweet me about a nuclear bomb happening in this office the other day. We're happy to see you back, Zito. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Zito. Thank you, Z. I lost a lot of blood that day. Yeah. Zito, it wasn't just his butt. It was his nose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> out of both ends, he was losing blood? I don't know if it was that blood out of the butt. No, I don't think. Okay, thank you. No. <laughs> he wouldn't have been able to. to see it, though. I mean, with yeah. the mess. <laughs> oh, no. All right, we're, we're back in four minutes. <laughs> Z, we're happy you're okay. Thank, Thank you, guys. Happy boy, Z. Love you, Z. Love, Love you, Z. Z. Love you, guys. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in four minutes with some phone calls wrapping up this day. A lot of news today. A lot of news. How does a microwave work? It's a nuclear know. bomb, dude. Uh, okay. Zeta was told that answer one time. Mm -hmm. Which might be right. I assume there is some sort of no, that's not truth to it. For yeah. real, though, it doesn't matter like how fast it can shut off, too. Like an oven, you know, it's going to stay warm. Microwave, obviously, you open the door and it's instantly not hot in there anymore. And how come everything else, yeah, isn't hot that's yeah. in there? Yeah. Then why is it only hit in spots? And they've been around forever, too. That's the other thing. Like, they, what you were, when were they invented? Well, what about the Foreman grill? Yeah. Oh. True. Why can't you put metal in the microwave? Well, because it's like flats and you can, you can, you can do it. <laughs> You just, I mean, you have to deal with the consequences. I mean, you can do anything, That's I guess. True. Is that what you're saying? You're a way to go, AJ. Uh, it's like free speech. You can say whatever you want, but you do have to understand there are consequences sometimes. Is that right? That is right. That's like your guy. Who's my guy? We'll be back in four minutes. Uncle Waxy? No. <laughs> Cousin Bob. Mm. Aaron's neighbor. Yes. Mm -hmm. Bingo. Who? Why is he? Why is he got a piece of raw land down there in Nashville? Who's Cousin Bob? Shut up. You know, you know who it is. Oh, that one. Gotcha. I really didn't. Okay. Yeah, you did. Hey, why is, why? Aaron, why is Aaron got a piece of land down in Nashville? Aaron know? may, he may own land in 15 different states. I honestly don't know. What states? Raw. You do know. I know he likes, he likes like the whole Montana, Idaho, that oh, whole yeah. area. Oh, that's Broncos. He likes, yeah, that's like Broncos California. Yeah, but does he have a house up there or is it raw land? Is he running for office? Make sure he cooks what? that land too before he eats it. Land, land, not lamb. What's that about? I don't think he has any livestock. No. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day today. Big shout out to all the guests today. How about Mark Wahlberg stopping by, huh? I mean, that's pretty cool. Maybe we'll have him back. Who knows? I don't know if he enjoyed it. I hope he did. And that movie Uncharted is coming out in two weeks. It should be good. Hopefully it does well and all that. You get it. All right. We got to get home. We'll see you tomorrow for a feel good Friday. Ty, please play some independent music and prepare these people into a beautiful Thursday night. Bye.